Welcome to the Dissect Podcast. I'm here with Mark Twight. I'm here with Keegan Dillon. And I'm also joined with Josh Vandenbrink. Is that right? Vandenbrink? Yep, Vandenbrink. Nice. Um, today is, is pretty I don't know, interesting, or topic-wise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all the shit that has not been recorded has been tasty, to <laughs> say the least. Um, unfortunately, no one will get to hear that because we just started pressing record. <laughs> so uh, I had this idea for kind of a while, the topic of freedom. And just so people, because I'm going to get an email from somebody saying, you should have talked about this. We're not talking about free will because it's a totally different episode. And that's a different rabbit hole that I'm not really interested in going in. Right now, I'm talking about freedom as in a, a concept. And the reason I wanted to talk about it is because, well, A, I wanted... Um, I think this is pertinent to um, a cultural association of the term freedom, which is why I'm joined by two gentlemen that have some experience in the military uh, and are also entrepreneurs, which are two different kinds of freedom that I wanted to discuss. And uh, the reason why I got interested in it, kind of to give you an idea of why this isn't such a boring thing, is because I think freedom is uh, the opposite of fairness. I think they're on the opposite side of the spectrum. And generally, when people want ultimate freedom, they're basically wanting chaos up into a point. And if people want fairness, they're trying to make up for the fact that they are incapable. And that's generally what we're trying to balance to make kind of a civilized society. So this is a, the philosophical realm. That's kind of the overarching thought behind this. But what do you bench? <laughs> <laughs> Not what I used to. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. How are we going to turn this? In? Well, so there, there's also this concept of freedom as in freedom to use your body how you want to use it like that. That's a concept that kind of gets overlooked often. Um, I think most people limit their freedom unknowingly by being rather, I don't know how else to put this, but kind of pieces of shit. They don't take care of themselves. They don't uh, think about freedom as in their ability to use their body freely uh, or they abuse it in a way that their body is now unfree. Um, so we're free to kind of go wherever <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the, the freedom to eat leads them to that's what I was being bound by the weight, the yeah. freedom to drive to McDonald's. And then it's not fair because now I'm fat or now I'm this. And, and this is kind of where the, this, this freedom versus fairness thing. Um, we, originally we're, we're talking about the creation of this document that started this country because that was the balancing act. They ultimately wanted, uh, freedom to be balanced with uh, at least a fair opportunity. And that that is kind of what we're balancing uh, just individually trying to conceptualize the best situation for everybody is that, hey, I want freedom to be capable. I want to be able to start my own business. I want to be able to do what I want to do. Um, but eventually ultimate freedom leads to some kind of tyranny because the person with the biggest stick usually takes over whether it's walmart or a tyrant whatever that is they tend to push the lowers down so you need some kind of uh, arbitrator in there to make at least fairness but with a balance of freedom and that's kind of where i come at this thing from so um one of the interesting well 
<laughs> Did I go too deep too quick? Is it? I, that we was, expect that was nothing less for sure head first. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we can back up. Like now yeah. I feel like we can put the, the reverse on and yeah. kind of go somewhere fun because I feel like I just killed the mood. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I don't know. That wasn't, that's not a wet blanket for me. Okay. Um, but a blanket just, party for somebody. But, but, but it's going to be a blanket party for somebody. I, I, I I'm willing to go wherever this leads, um, as long as you know we all accept personal responsibility for expressing freely, expressing our points of view. Well, that would be fair. That would be. <laughs> I I did like the that you you know sort of drew a a, a parallel between tyranny and Walmart. That was tasty. <laughs> that was very good. Don't, 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 you know, think that did not go unnoticed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it out there. So, I, I mean, here in my own respect, so I, more than anything, want the ability to just do what I want that it, that, um, in any regard, as long as it doesn't affect somebody else's freedom. That's what I consider freedom. As I, I can practice what I want to practice, I can eat what I want to eat, I can, you know, make money the way I want to make money as long as it does not harm other people in, in doing so. That to me is the balance because there's going to be somewhere where, you know, man, I want the, the freedom to do this. Well, if it affects somebody else negatively, then that's not necessarily, that, that's infringing on somebody else's freedom. So there, I think there's a really easy, like easily discoverable line where um, freedom infringes on other people and therefore, um, you have to counterbalance this with a, you know, some other idea. So in, in my own regard, like I, I've always kind of done whatever job I've wanted to do and tried to freely do it because I, I, I can't stand to work for other people. Like I can't, I, I can't handle somebody else telling me what to do, especially if I don't think that they have the merit to do so or they haven't earned the merit to do so. Um, Ooh, so now we're now we're getting to <clears throat> into the territory where, like, I can see <clears throat> Keegan over there not necessarily being willing to follow the directives of his so-called hires. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking, like, what you just said is exactly why I've moved from five states in five different years, mm. and trying to just start this whole fitness coaching business on my own because the people I've tried to work for. It either hasn't panned out for the reasons of like, I don't respect them for what they've done or whoever was in charge of me. I didn't respect them for the position they were in because maybe they were there because they married the right person, but didn't actually know anything about the industry we were in. And it just like, and I think it started from the military where the people that were above me were in for a while, whether they deserved it or not, I respected them for what they had done or at least their time in the service. Mm -hmm. And then it got to the point where I'd get a job and it'd be like, why, like, why are you telling me what to do? Like, <laughs> and I didn't respect some of the jobs I had cause they just, you know, I was just trying to make money and get by. And then it slowly turned into like, I think I need to do this for myself or at least be around people like you or Mark who I respect in the industry for what you've done either in the industry or in your personal lives. And it's kind of just like that mutual respect is the thing that I want to be around more so than just somebody telling me to go do something because, because they got, because seniority put them in a place right. where they could actually tell you to do so. Right. 
Yeah, time doesn't necessarily equal competence. Yeah. <laughs> as far as I can yeah. tell. No, I but, agree. Yeah. <clears throat> I've been proving that for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that so that that I also think it's it's been in my short time here on this planet I've noticed that um, the the people that you most likely want to work with um, you they won't want you to work for them necessarily like people who appreciate the philosophy behind uh, autonomy and freedom they they understand it to the point where they allow others. Um, to be on their own because that shows true character, right? So we we have this thing where um, somebody will act a certain way, and I'll go, "Oh, I didn't I didn't think they would do that," but I'm really glad that I know that they would act that way now that that circumstance has risen up, and now I can direct my future dealings with that person a different way, a more appropriate way, not good or bad necessarily, but I'm glad I that person had the leash that they had as opposed to. You know, I have all these rules that you have to work for my company. Like, Keegan, if you're going to be here, here's the rules. This is how you act. I like the idea of like, hey, you see the space? Do you notice that it's clean? Do you notice that um, we're very uh, respectful of other people in their position and, their and, and, you know, whatever project is going on? Just emulate that to the best of your ability. And the second I notice that that goes away, that will change whatever else, whatever other dealings we have. And I think that's the best expression of freedom from, from that position of working with other people is, is that a really good, I'll say quote unquote boss, um, they'll allow you the most amount of autonomy as possible within certain guidelines. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, you own a company, Josh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think <laughs> there's two sides of it. So I, I, have probably tried every different way you can motivate or lead people in the last three years with my company. And I think there's a, I guess I identify now the progression where everyone's like, my boss is an asshole. And now I hear that and I'm like, yeah, I know how he got that way. <laughs> and Because his employees were little bitches. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I, I give them a, I give them an inch and they take a mile. You know, it's, it's, you know, I try to be fair with like cell phones because it's just a thing in our, our society today. Mm-hmm. But I got to have guys running machines. So if within a certain range, I, I tolerate it. But then the second I try to curtail it, I get attitude production, you know, slips because now they're, they feel disgruntled or they feel infringed upon or he doesn't care about my creativity or whatever. And then <laughs> next thing you know, that same guy is going to the bathroom every 20 minutes because he's like, well, fuck this guy. I can go to the bathroom. Just sit you know, on the toilet and, sit on the play, toilet and play on my phone. And so got like, more privates. and more, I just, I feel like, you know, I, I know where you get through. You're just like, I don't care about your creativity. I'm going to paint a line on the floor, stay within the box for eight hours and do what I tell you to do. Yeah. And I see how, I see how you kind of a company gets to that. And mm-hmm. I've tried to, to, to stay away from it as much as I can, but. It's fucking crazy. Like we're <clears throat> sort of seeing some behavioral issues locally, let's say right now. And I'm just, I am, I'm, I'm sh- shocked by it i'm just like wait i oh i guess that's our failing we have failed to communicate the standard of you know personal responsibility in terms of not sort of having allowing your behavior to have a negative impact on others and if and then then i'm gonna go back to the thing where i believe hey rules equal fucking freedom 
you, st- you, you stay within these left and right limits that we establish. Do whatever the fuck you want in that. You do a little too much of whatever the fuck you want. And the left and right limits are going to get a little narrower and a little narrower. And then pretty soon, um, <clears throat> I'm starting a new business. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's just it, j- j- just the idea of like, the, you know, the notes that I've taken so far is like, you know, personal freedom, but slash and take responsibility. The whole but and thing yeah. is, yeah, it's got to be, it's just got to be in there. But, but uh, like, I, I don't see like wow if i'm i'm seeing that you know oh there's michael and he has a water bottle in the gym and he sets it down and he's always aware of where that fucking water bottle is and it's always gone at the end of the session and then other people don't see the same thing and behave in the same way even though michael's sort of a thought leader and a person that i look up to and like i want to respect his behavior i want to mimic him because i respect him it's like you dumb are you fucking blind and if the workout was (laughs) And then if you come back to me and say, the workout was so fucking hard, I was out of my head, I just had to get out in the parking lot, and then I was in the parking lot, and then there was my car, and so I left, but there was my trails. shit everywhere. <laughs> like, I'm just like, okay, wait, the workout starts when you pull into the fucking parking lot. If you can't handle the entirety of the workout, which ends when you leave the parking lot, and your behavior is monitored during the entire time that you're here, if you can't handle that, then you can't do the one part where the picking shit up and putting it down and breathing hard is. Hmm. Like, it just fucking respect the space and respect the people around you and respect the standards that allowed the place to exist. Yes. Yeah, and that, that's the hard thing. And, and hmm. having a whole crew of guys, that's, you know, and maybe it's, it's the societal question comes back to like, you know, the whole topic, but you know utopia could never happen but instead of like you know creating an entire system maybe we just talk about how we deal with the 10 percent we have to kill off because they're the reason the utopia couldn't happen you know it's like i i, I have pretty are we talking like as... how we're gonna do it or are we talking about <laughs> i mean i have a few ideas can we call this a freedom calling <laughs> i'm just saying it's a solution i'm not saying it's the final solution sure I'm just saying i always think i always imagine because i think it's it it is, uh, it's disillusionment to think that there's this utopia perfect thing. We almost have to bounce off the walls a little bit um, in order to find like good practices. Like we, we kind of have to push boundaries one way of like too much freedom, right? We, like, I was just going to say, how hard do we have to hit the wall to get a good bounce? Because, <laughs> or how hard do we have to push people against the wall to get a good bounce? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm, Maybe I'm disillusioned with this whole thing because I, a, a um, I refuse to work for other people. Oh, so I've always called Mark my boss. Like I've always like worked for Mark. Um, I've always referred to him as boss, but I've never thought of him as somebody who controls me. I thought of him as somebody who allowed me enough space and taught me to work so that I could learn the whole time and do the stuff. And I always felt like, man, if I really fuck up, it would be the end of it. And that was like, I just didn't want to fuck up. That's what I thought. Like my boss just teaches me a bunch of stuff and I can work with him and learn from him as long as I don't fuck up. And so that, that was basically the premise that I went off. So this is not a very complex subject. Um, I feel like people lack that want 
to to develop themselves and and that might be the problem why you know i have to check my phone every 20 minutes because i don't actually care about personal development i care about social media development or i don't care about you know uh professional or uh technical aspirations like oh i want to be a better woodworker i want to do this stuff better i just care about what people think that i am and the, the maybe that's just a, the plight of our society today is because now it's fairly misunderstood of even like some really basic tenets that held up this whole um, experiment Wait. called the United States. Sorry, grammar Nazi. Oh, what? Tenet. Tenet. What did I say? A tenant. tenant. That's a oh, yeah, fucking that's a, that's somebody who, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. it's not much different than where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> People are definitely <laughs> fucking renting. Yeah, yeah, no shit. And, and they're, they're 30 <clears throat> days behind. <laughs> uh, so, so the. Sorry, anyway. No, no. The, no, the, found, found, you were talking about the founding fathers, which is where I was going to go eventually. So, rock yeah, on. And, and the, <laughs> so, this is kind of a whole experiment, but, you know, being over in Europe and other parts of the world for long enough. It is fundamentally misunderstood the importance of freedom of speech, which I think is a, a, a easily um, uh, use that as an example to, to uh, put it on a pedestal as what is something that can be extremely defended as a necessity to never have any fairness put into it. Like that we're talking about a subject that can be so left leaning on the spectrum of freedom that. like diluting it at all ruins the complete aspect of it. And that's why I kind of use it as a thing because um, the, 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 the idea of, you know, hate speech and all these other things, oh, we need to control some kind of like freedom of speech shouldn't be a thing that that's a, um, that's a quick tool to destruction of a complete philosophical idea that the country is founded on Um, being unable um, to speak freely, even if it's harmful to some, even if it hurts their feelings, even if if whatever, um, the idea behind that is so uh, philosophically rooted in in um, good ideas and the expression of what what I think this democracy became. Um, to talk about changing that just blows my mind. And a lot of people around the world don't actually understand that freedom of speech is a is a fundamental thing that allows humans to identify enemies i mean all you got to do is look at how um tyrants or strong governors however Mm. you want to fucking call it (laughs) uh, all all that you need to do to recognize that free speech is necessary and also simultaneously a threat Mm. is to see how tyrants behave around the use of encrypted communication yes or the need to have you know, the reason that encrypted communication uh, has to exist in the public in the first place is because people aren't allowed to make that free speech. And if you, and if you want to look, I need to keep these people under control. I have to deny them the means of communication. Right. Uh, it's one of the easiest obviously ways. It's, yeah. Obviously, free communication and free speech is um, uh, not going to work out so great for someone who maybe establishes the rules that I was mentioning before about how rules <laughs> equal freedom, right. maybe they've put the left and right limits a little bit too fucking narrow for the people and they just want to like get into the, you know, I just want to go to the bathroom. Hallway's <laughs> <laughs> a little narrow. This is good. Yeah, IBS I, is tripling now at jobs that don't allow you to use a, a phone. <laughs> exactly. It's rampant in my building. <laughs> <laughs> so you have, I mean, you have a fairly creative job. For, for people that don't know, you own a company called Iron Mountain Designs. 
And you're best known for these like incredibly detailed wooden flags that you make, right? Yeah, we did the steel flags first. Okay. And, uh, and then we started doing the wooden ones last summer. So we still do, we still do a fair bit of both. Um, and they're acid, like those. Uh, yeah, so the, the steel ones are acid etched. So okay. it's a, an oxidation process that I, I came up with. And funny enough, when I started the company, it wasn't where we were going at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing construction and I was hating it and I was bitching to my wife every night. And she's like, well, why don't you do something you want to do? And uh, I had been talking about starting, starting a fabrication business for years, you know, and, and just like everybody else does. And so I kind of was forced to put my money where my mouth was. And uh, so I started, I, I got into some commercial space, like 300 square feet and didn't have any customers or know what I was going to do, but I wanted to make a flag for my shop. Mm. So I acid etched a piece of metal into a flag that coincidentally or luckily everybody liked. And so it's just like, all right, I guess we're doing that then. Nice. So That's we've been pretty, pretty fluid cool. in our direction for the last couple of years. Cause I don't think we've totally found our, our place in the market yet, mm-hmm. but the flags keep the lights on and it's something I enjoy doing. So, so, and this is, maybe this is kind of a, well, since uh, our, our country definitely has like this underlining pinning of freedom being a major theme that runs along with why we did what we did. And I say we saying, you know, almost <clears throat> 400 years ago. Um, fuck the Stamp Act. <laughs> fuck, fuck the Stamp Act. Um, uh, whatever brought that about was this, this similar, I don't know, maybe it's bred into our genetics now, or maybe this idea is bred into it. But I think a lot of people nowadays, like, I'm not what I would call, I'm not nationalistic whatsoever. Like, I, I'm not a, uh, I, I don't know. Let, me just, let me just say it for you. Yeah. America, fuck yeah. <laughs> you're not that guy. I'm, I'm not at Unless all. Unless it's tongue in cheek and you're, you know. Right. And then I'm, you know, <laughs> playing that song for fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing about it, though, is I have this really special appreciation for what the flag represents. And that, yes. that has nothing to do with politics, it has nothing to do with uh, being a Democrat or a Republican or a party liner or a Tea Partier or a fucking Wait, Black Lives a, Matter. There's only. Whatever. Oh, you mentioned the Tea Party. Okay, cool. Yeah, or, That's a, so we got a three-party system. Yeah, we got three. Yeah. <laughs> I, it really has nothing to do with that. It really has to do with an appreciation for people who are willing to risk everything, yeah. their lives, their families' lives, everything, to go up against a tyrant, and only because they had this conception that they think they could make it a little bit better. And the conception was a philosophical one. Like, if you read into what they were actually trying to do. That, that's what I think the flag represents. And when I see, uh, I mean, on both ends, when I see like, um, I don't know, liberal arts college students burning it, I go, man, that's kind of fucking stupid. Not, not I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that they can do that um, because of where it came from. But then I go to the opposite one where people are making board shorts out of them and, and you know, their boat is painted the American flag. I also think, man, what both those sides are like douches to me, and they miss the point of the appreciation of it. Um, so maybe this is a question of, of patriotism, but I get the sense that you have a similar appreciation for this flag, that it is not just a, um, a, a one-leaning side. It, it's not a representation of you d- belonging to a party. It's more or less a, a part of what you've done as service uh, in military service for government 
and that was based on a philosophical appreciation. Did I read that right? Yeah, definitely. And that, that's been something I've I've put out in uh, in the channels that that we've communicated, uh, you know, as far as the company and things like that, and our social media. Um, I it's funny. I was interviewed uh, two years ago uh, when we were really pretty young by the local paper, and I made the comment that the flag has been hijacked by the conservatives. And I got, they had to turn off the comment section on the article because I was getting lambasted by conservatives. <laughs> and I think of myself as a conservative, mm -hmm. like conservative libertarian. Mm -hmm. That's why I have like the Ayn Rand tattoo, you know? And I I align myself that way, but I feel the same way. Like the flag is, is our team colors. Mm -hmm. like if you don't like our, our government or our leadership, you don't burn our team <laughs> colors. You, you get them off our team or, or you get them out of the way. But it's been something that we've been, because especially being a veteran and, and making the flags, I've, a lot of people who are very far right mm -hmm. and very much, you know, very, very, very hard liner, I, say, I should say, they try to rope me into that. And I have to actively be like, you know, whoa, I'm not, I'm not one of you, dude. I'm not, I'm not a part. Of, I don't have any two A shirts. Like I respect, <laughs> I respect the second amendment. And yeah. I think it's a valuable principle that we should not lose sight of, you know, the importance of it. But, but I, I also don't need to rock a shirt to pick a fight at the grocery store huh. because some guy likes other dudes. Like I just, I, I don't, <laughs> I think that there's a, I, and you know, I always joke uh, with Doug, one of the guys that works with me, but I always go hashtag rise of the middle because I think most of us generally align ourselves yeah. as a pretty level-headed crew, but we're busy working for a living. We're busy raising kids and, and being dads or, you know, climbing in the few minutes that we have free. I don't have time to go stand out on a street corner and, and <laughs> yell about middle of the road principles. Right. So and I, 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 the, 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 why can't <clears throat> I vote? Well, fuck, I respect the Second Amendment, but I respect the fuck out of women's rights also. Yeah. And you the, can't have it, both, Mark. I, yeah, where's that? Uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anybody remember the Gadsden flag? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the that's, one that I would. That's the cannonball one. I would, or the, the, that's the snake. Yeah, the, oh, oh, don't, don't tread, tread on me. me. What's yeah. the cannonball one? What's that called? Uh, the cannon. Oh, fuck. What is, is it, it? Uh, Green Mountain Boys? It might or be. The Vermont the original Vermont flag. I can't remember. It was hanging in the gym and I was, oh, okay. Zach hung it there. I can't remember it. Uh, that any, anyway, but the, but, the, but this idea of like, like that idea of political alignment that of like, Oh, I'm making these flags. And then you, they try and put you into this conservative category. And you're just like, well, wait a second. It wasn't when the flag first got run up the pole, <laughs> a, it didn't look like this. There weren't 50 fucking stars on it, but, <laughs> but, but B it didn't, mean alignment with a particular political belief other than anti-monarchism or anti-tyranny in a sense. And, and I think that's sort of one of those things that people forget. And like, I, why does the, why does the, I like the idea of team colors. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. I mean, my, my brother's uh, like hardcore left yeah. liberal. Same. Um, <laughs> he has like a pot farm in Northern California and, <laughs> but we, we get along great. And it's funny because my parents are like, I don't know how you, you two get along so well. I'm like, he wants to be left alone by the government. He, he just wants to like live his life the way he wants to live it. I'm like, we actually have the exact same ideals. We have different versions of different how to hobbies. get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, we spend our time a little different on a day to day, but at the end of the day, like kind of like you're saying about what, what that stood for originally, we can all come back to that to that mm -hmm. level ground and agree on something. And that's what yeah. kills me about this like gun control argument. 
is if, you know, it's all about just inflammatory action, anything mm -hmm. that's mainstream, because that's going to get you the best ratings. But if the, no one's just coming out and going, Hey, I believe in gun control. Cause I'm scared that my family can't be protected. And then somebody on the other side go, Oh, well, I'm pro gun because I'm scared that my family won't be protected. Cool. We've just found that level <laughs> ground. Yeah. Now let's go from there. We're on mm. the same team now. Mm. Now let's try to come up with solutions that work for everybody. But no one does that. It's just like no, there's super a weird ridiculous. that the conversations don't end up like yeah. that. I wonder and then why. I get drug in because I make flags. I get drug over to like, yeah, yeah, we're right, huh? And I'm like, no, dude, don't don't look at me. I'm not on your guys' teams. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm not on that. I, there was a, I can't remember exactly the year, but a, <clears throat> an article I wrote in the that was published in the Soldier of Fortune magazine, oh, nice. which whose headquarters happens to be in Boulder, Colorado. All you liberal motherfuckers <laughs> um anyway but it was called eat or be eaten and and it was and it was coincident with a um I, i've been doing a bunch of training i've been getting invited to take these different courses and that sort of thing and and uh so uh, and and at the time i mean i would uh well i'm still a strong believer in uh <clears throat> personal freedom let's just say that but but at that time i was just like look i'm willing to give it up if you're willing to, you know, give up, I will relinquish responsibility for my personal security if you, i.e. government, local police force, whatever, can be held accountable for looking after it for me. If yeah. you can't be held accountable, if you won't take responsibility for my personal security, if there's always an out for you, hmm. then you can't take away my right to look after it myself. But as soon as you do that, you just go, look, everybody's covered. We got insurance. We got, and that insurance is in, you know, in the form of like competent armed individuals who show up in a timely manner to, uh, well, let's say local confrontation. Um, <laughs> and so this article goes into, you know, a, a lot of the, uh, the, the, the fact that, the, you know, the number of peace officers available to any particular community. And I use Memphis at the time because, uh, I had some local stats on that, and um, and and then the, then and then the competence of the individuals who eventually showed up, which in which I examined um, a number of uh, sort of annual police annual statistics on police shootings, not only in New York City but in Memphis, and uh, realized like, wow, not only are they going to be late, but they're going to fucking deck the wrong people. Going to miss. <laughs> there was and, something and, ridiculous it, about that saying. I, I can't oh. remember. It was a recent shooting, a shootout, and there was like hundreds of rounds fired from. I, I want to say it was a, a, some California police department, and they didn't ever end up hitting the people. The people ended up taking their own lives after hundreds of rounds fired. And then when you look yeah. at their training data, you're like, okay, but I mean that that's kind of. I mean, it goes down the same same subject of like, um, well, I want to be free to be able to do what I want to do. And I, and I always say, you know, I, it's a scapegoat conversation because there's this evil object that can be blamed or there's this. Well, the inanimate objects are always blamed as sure. opposed to as opposed to individuals. And this sure. is where I, I think that, that a lot of the, the, the regulation of different um, aspects of freedom has become, you know, like, oh, the Constitution and the way that we have sort of built things um, 
was designed to sort of protect individual rights and freedom. But if we regulate, if we, but but inanimate objects weren't not, weren't necessarily included. So that could be firearms. That could be. I mean, we just talked could about, be books, uh, and then we're talking about uh, conceptually. This thing bleeds really closely into other freedoms. Which could be, be luggage. It could, yeah, it could be. Well, it could be. I mean, be, that's the most basic argument right there, but really. If, <laughs> if you really want to attack what's killing most people, we're going to have to have a conversation about regulating pizza. Like that. Like when we're really talking about dangers in society, we're, we're talking about, oh, you mean you think you're responsible with your eating habits, but 66% of people are irresponsible. Therefore, the rest of us are going to get our rights pulled from us. As in, oh, I can't eat all the ice cream I want anymore because now people are irresponsible with an inanimate object. Fat yeah, it, it just comes. It, it just <laughs> comes down. Comes down to accountability. Sure. Yeah. You know, and, it, and a lack of accountability can't be fixed by more and more regulation or more and more limitation on individual freedom. Yeah, you, you can't legislate stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm a big. Yeah, I, I think well, I, unnerf the world, bring back diving boards, and we have another form of natural selection, which is you know sad, Definitely. but it also really does help. Uh, I'm I'm fearful that having automated cars gets rid of a lot of dumb people, or it saves a lot of dumb people rather, because uh, being able to text and drive and not pay the consequences of that means we're going to have higher population with people who wouldn't have been selected for. But the but the people <laughs> typically the people who are texting and driving aren't the ones that pay the price these days, and so they're still getting they're getting away with it no matter. I, you know, I was driving actually on the way here today, going down Seventh East, and I'm and I'm looking at this lady. We're we're rock rolling through the school zone. Oh my god! And, I, and she's driving a Ford Explorer. She's blonde. Uh, looked dyed though. Um, whatever. I had all kinds of judgment shit going on with it because she was actually driving and holding the phone up in front of her face while texting. And I'm like, seriously, you, you're not even trying to hide it. <laughs> like, and maybe that's better because she can see out the windshield and yeah. see her phone at the same time, as opposed to having it in her lap where she's having to look down, look up, look down, look up. Well, I'm sure that's but, how she justifies being safer than other people doing it. And, and justifies her competence as a driver because, you know, whatever. I, like I, She was just like, looking for her, her favorite Nicki Minaj song. That's all, Mark. It, <laughs> she's also probably the same one that wants to get rid of guns <laughs> while she's doing something equally as dangerous. Oh, but more, she wants more, a more, second yeah. serving of fucking Baskin Robbins. <laughs> she wants to try three flavors. Uh, <laughs> and she should have the right to do so. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Why not? I, I mean, and this, then and then when any of those things goes, you know, produces a bad result for others, like as soon as her behavior spills over, oh, you eat too many triple flavors of Baskin Robbins and, um, you know, yeah. And then you start like making money for people who amputate toes and then feed and then, <laughs> you know, whatever, because the diabetes gets so bad. Um, it, and my insurance premium goes up because I'm not into Baskin Robbins personally, you know, but whatever. Um <laughs> You need to buy you stock know, in Baskin Robbins or, or, pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. Just, the, the, but but then the the the, the idea or the, or the you know the, the the cyclists that have been killed by people who've been texting and just like and then the driver goes you know walks away like with no responsibility. Like I think you should give me the Florida Explorer. I mean, not me. This is the collective me, mm. the collective cyclist we. Perhaps we all get to get the Ford Explorer. We get to tie you behind it and see how fast you can run. And then when you fall down, we keep driving and we drag you behind it until you're fucking dead because that's what you did to this other cyclist. See, that's freedom on both 
sides. Yeah. Free to pay accountability. the consequences. Yeah. Accountability. Uh, it is. And this, this subject, I mean, to bring this, I would hate to do this, but that's one of the things that I actually do appreciate about a, such a black and white um, subject such as like fitness because you are you have the freedom to control your circumstances in this place. And that's why this becomes a good corollary to teach these lessons to people. And I think if they do learn these lessons, whether it's talking about the freedom of nutrition or the freedom of, of movement, um, it, it pours over into other points in people's lives. And I think that's what we've noticed. Maybe uh, I think people embellish it too much, but I think there, there is a little bit of that going for us. Maybe way to try to bring it back to fitness man. <laughs> I, 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 I see it and I want somebody else to take us straight away from that whole thing <laughs> fuck, fit. fuck fitness well, well, so maybe it's not fitness but it, it is accountability for your actions like uh, given the exposure to all of our you know ailments that you know we, we don't have to really work for a little I mean we can sit at a desk our whole lives uh, we can eat whatever we want and what it cheaply so we don't even have to make a bunch of money in order to eat like kings we just get that by default um some of the poorest populations are the most obese which is fucking bizarre to me like i i don't understand how this is a problem but this is one of those a big mac for every peasant (laughs) i decree (laughs) if only (laughs) if only just one (laughs) you're right so i i mean this this thing it comes back and forth. And I'll take it out of fitness because I also agree with you that that's a kind of a joke. Um, one of the things where I see where where I think most people could understand kind of maybe I think we all kind of are coming from a similar place. I don't see any kind of disagreements, which is kind of a bummer. But <laughs> <laughs> that means we're preaching to the choir. But one of the things where on both sides, no matter what you feel um, about a given subject, usually people will feel that strongly as soon as they get their thing taken away from them. Like as soon as Jeff Sessions wants to come and take your marijuana, you now have a problem with somebody dictating what you can do. But if I'm against guns, I'm okay with that person dictating what they can do to other people. So the subject is, and that's why it comes back to fundamental ideas of freedom is having some fucking gray haired bastard dictate what you can do with your life should never be the fucking answer. Isn't his hair orange? That's a a different dude. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think they've made it like a, a sort of cabinet wide trend yet, but that'd be awesome (laughs) if you like got voted into office office and then made everybody dye their hair orange. That, I mean, comb it straight over. Yeah, exactly. Crayons are still a thing. I really want there to be like a Trump crayon. <laughs> that is a special shade of orange. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that means or why I brought it up, I don't know. But no, wait, just... no, actually, I'm kind of confused. I can't see it in my head right now. Is his skin orange or is it his hair? Oh, you're right. It's his skin. Yeah, it's his the skin. It's okay. like blonde. Cheeto, Cheeto orange. But his hair is like a dyed blondish weird color too, isn't it? It like is a bleach. So. Uh, if I, from, like a, from a dead. from a technical standpoint, <laughs> that's not what we would call lightning, where we would use peroxide and a, a bleach of some sort. It's known as bleach, but it's a peroxide. Uh, it, it's something that we do with actual color treatment, where you lighten the hair. It also has peroxide in it, but the hair the hair color does the pulling, and it makes that that weird warm yellowish tone. Wow. That's yeah. a lot. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Nailed yeah. it. Nailed in, in case you didn't know what Michael used to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come, it, yeah. <laughs> so you got you to take, what you're saying is you got to bleach the color out in yeah. order to add color back in. The real quick, 
Um, <laughs> well, normally you do, but natural hair, you can actually lighten a couple levels. You can lighten it up to four levels if we're on a scale of one to 10, one being black, 10 being white. Is there any way that process turns what? into his skin color like it could. getting into his yeah, hair? Yeah, but here's the weird part, be awesome. because he has gray hair, and gray hair isn't technically gray. It's actually colorless Well, no, hair. I read the, the statement that his doctor made the other, or that he made. <laughs> he dictated who his doctor the other day. <laughs> and I'm guessing he's so fucking healthy. He's the healthiest man. He's the, His health is magnificent. There's he never is, actually been anybody healthier. And, it's his, like, and, 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 and his penis... <laughs> He's one of the few people in the world, a few men in the world, whose hands have absolutely no correlation to the size of his cock. <laughs> so we can only imagine, as the elected leader of the free world, his cock is gigantic. I, but it's wait, probably how, the biggest you've ever seen. It, ever. It's, it, and it's if surely it's magnificent because that's a word that he tweets often. Um, but anyway, the, believe me. But 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 I. <laughs> I have things to tell you. <laughs> we anyway, but the 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 notion. Fuck, I didn't even know where I was going. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> what you were saying. I apologize. Was like a cunt hair away from how they would talk about Kim Jong Un or something, which is hilarious. Like the, the propaganda oh my, that goes like into the very little distance between the two. <laughs> He's got tiny hands too, doesn't he? <laughs> He's got a sick ass flat top, though. Um, <laughs> I, I here's a real question: the, the glasses, I real don't know if sunglasses, but real question. Or is um, that the other? If you the dad would Shit. being Trump's hairdresser be a benefit to your business? Oh, no one's like stepping out and saying I'm the man right now. So I'm <laughs> yeah, guessing yeah, it's I'm not say like no. <laughs> like I'm like, what are, am I going to get an email from Trump's hairdresser to be like, actually, I do this, and I'm, <laughs> nobody wants to admit to that. That's bad publicity. But somebody has to do it. Yeah, right. And they're not taking credit for it. Whoever it is, <laughs> they better be being paid very, very well. <laughs> which is usually how the worst jobs go. Actually, you, no, you probably don't need a whole lot of other clients if you're. If you're doing his hair. Because you're on call, pretty much. You're, you're probably making a few few bucks. Yeah. You, uh, but you had to, but you, if you were a skilled negotiator, otherwise you're just doing it for the, the, the benefits that it will have for your career. I get to ride on Air yeah. Force One. I think that's the benefit. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'd be into that. I mean, I would do it, honestly. I'd be Trump's hair. I, I, would, I would be so interested in just watching that guy. I'd just see what his day is really like. Or, or see... How his brain kind of works in real time? Because all we get I don't are think the snippets. Make it. I think it'd be about a week. <laughs> you don't think that he don't think he would allow me the freedom for me to appreciate <laughs> my job? Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Like three <laughs> sentences would come out of your mouth, and that'd be that'd be it. I lasted three months with Paul Mitchell, which felt like a Trump administration at the time. <laughs> I didn't know what a Trump administration at the time would feel like, but that's what I would connect it to now, knowing so it would. You were doing hair? Yeah. I was a hairdresser. Wow. 10 years. The things I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Right? I know. It's scary, isn't it? <laughs> I still have so many questions. <clears throat> I, well, funny enough, I mostly did makeup near the end. Makeup and photography was actually what I was mostly known for. So Aaron mentioned that to Alex yesterday, and her mind was blown. Oh, what, makeup? and That you did makeup. Oh, yeah. And this is really weird because it came from something even stranger. And this is where maybe we'll talk about how you develop skills in woodworking because I'm really actually interested. So I would do, uh, when I was in hair school, I was told when I started working for a modeling agency to do hair, they told me that, yeah, no one will hire you unless you do makeup too. They want hair and makeup done. 
And I was like, oh, cool. I'll just go learn that. So I just started like <laughs> doing makeup. I just went and bought like the shittiest makeup you could get. And I would just like put makeup on people at my hair school and it looked terrible. But I got very good very quickly because I spent my, you know, teenage years painting miniatures for Warhammer, which is like a RPG game where you paint little figurines with like three hairbrushes and so uh, yeah. my attention to detail was obviously there i just had to and i had a concept of how to darken and lighten and push color and give texture and that kind of thing uh i just had to figure out the medium and then okay that was easy so three months later i was getting paid to basically do makeup for modeling agencies and that's how i made my living before i even finished hair school wow and then i started working for a company teaching <laughs> makeup while I was still in hair school. So I would leave hair school to other hair schools. Wait, how long was hair school? It's like a fucking year. Holy it's oh my shit. God. It's tw well, it's 2,200 <laughs> hours. The way you said fucking, I thought you were going to say like five years. Yeah. It's well, it's hair though, a year. That's a long time for hair. That is an extremely long time. If if you were there for one day, you would understand what I meant because after about six okay. weeks, I'm like, I got it. Like <laughs> I get the concepts guys. Why the fuck are we still here? The, the, even the even the chemistry that goes into it is so easy. Like you could learn it in a half an hour and every single person could do every chemical process there is and learn that in probably a half an hour. I do have a very weird image of like a it puts a lotion on the skin image of you in a mirror putting makeup on yourself trying to I figure out me. how to. Doing the, doing the tuck between. I, yeah, that's yeah. the only thing yeah. in my head right now. Uh, did you do it once? I, no, <laughs> I'm trying to think if I ever put makeup on myself. I, I I think I practiced mascara on myself because I was terrified to touch somebody's eyes with like a uh, their uh, eyelashes with a brush. So I tried that a little bit, um, but yeah. I just uh, my favorite imagined <laughs> image about this. Well, first of all, you had the freedom to choose this job, which is awesome. <laughs> One for the podcast. America. Yeah. Um, but then I'm just thinking like, wow, comforting housewives <laughs> while you're doing their hair and looking at them in the mirror and they're looking back at you and they're just like, oh man, this young dude is just touching me and, <laughs> and making me look more beautiful and my life is just shit except for this two hours that I'm in this thing and then like... Now you, you know why I got to charge $250 for a cut in color. <laughs> <laughs> Use the side money. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, so, see, I was just wondering about like, why does he book three hour appointments when they're only ever in the chair for two hours. <laughs> that <laughs> is that the extra, extra service that, uh, yeah. Are there happy endings on haircuts? I bet then you would, I think you would, you would ruin the illusion, right? Like leave the money on the nightstand kind of deal. Like it, I think you'd ruin. No, that's a donation. <laughs> it's not called money. Leave the donation on the nightstand. Or I mean on the shampoo bowl. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. or whatever. They call no, do, you it, want the, do you want the normal chair? Do you want the it's no joke. special this is, vibrating chair? This is a have. trademark saying in Paul Mitchell was sex in the sinky. Because you're supposed to give a tantalizing shampoo. I'm not joking. That's a real fucking thing. <laughs> if I could just walk away right now, I think I might. Wow. Yeah, I just, and I float out Sex of Sex in the sinky? <laughs> um, Jesus. This is so interesting. I still haven't got to start interrogating you about the Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not lost on me. Yeah, uh, uh, fuck, what do you... I like fucking nerdy shit. <laughs> All right, so maybe we can maybe we can steer this. So so when we were uh, 
on the Batman versus Superman job. Mm-hmm. And then we had our gym in the former cubicle farm, the, <laughs> the first carpeted gym in the history of the whole process. But um, I remember a, a few conversations with Henry and even perhaps a book mm-hmm. and maybe even some painting sessions mm-hmm. in the evenings revolving. Is that the game yeah. that you guys? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Dude, that... Uh- that really disturbed me. <laughs> <laughs> I so to be to be fair. So I did this when I was younger, and when I mean younger, I was like I, from fifteen to eighteen. I would paint quite a bit, and we I'd play very few actual board games Dude, where you actually fight. But painting fifteen to eighteen—that's the time when you discover chicks. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I wore ninja suits and went to tumbling <laughs> classes and ignored cheerleaders. Okay, and, so you were invisible. Yeah, was, <laughs> you, you wow. like you dressed Late up in bloomer. chick repellent. Yeah, yeah basically oh, for sure. <laughs> okay. No, I, I I didn't want any. I literally had no interest in like. I, I just wanted to fucking be. I thought literally up until I, I think my guidance counselor when I was seventeen was like. What are you going to go to college for? And I was like, well, do they teach ninjutsu in college? And they're like, no. Well, then fucking nothing because I, that's, oh, that's what I'm going to do. And I don't think it dawned on me until I was like 19 that I was like, I guess ninja isn't a profession anymore. Like Anymore? Any, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, after, the I The anti-ninja act of 06 really put a, <laughs> no, like the put a hampering on the ninja game. The lobbying of the 1400s feudal Japan called, and they, they want their profession back. Um, <laughs> well, you were, you know, it was cultural appropriation, and, 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 and you learned that it was illegal before, you know, People started shouting about it. <laughs> well, I, I turned... <laughs> or, no, you learned that it was a dead-end career. No, no, I took the same concepts. I want to wear all black, and I want to play with sharp things. That's hairdressing. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and you want to have a top knot. <laughs> and I want to have a top knot. <laughs> I want to have fucking crazy but hair. Call it, let's call it a man yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. It got really weird when I wear those little like toe socks with the tabby boots. and yeah, That was fucked up. Uh, <laughs> no, so I painted from then, and then actually uh, our client, Henry, when we were in Detroit, he's a fan of fucking Warhammer 2. Of course, he's a, a gaming nerd. And so he knew all about Henry's it. Henry's one of the actors? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so, I'm, I'm no, no, so you're good. not cool. No, it's even better. Uh, I don't actually. know what the fuck Warhammer is, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like D&D, but like. With action figures. With action figures, yeah, yeah. And they're made out of pewter most times now. They're made out of this resin, but before and so, they're. And so the whole the, the, the deal there is like you, you paint the the things and you make the characters up so that you don't actually have to go LARPing yourself. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's a different, you don't want to go down that road. That's a different kind of nerd. Warhammer yeah. is. Uh, so that's one step away from being a ninja. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, are there ninja LARPers? I'm sure there are. Are they on the roof of my building? <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to roll Wait. the dice to find out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just get a, get a bean bag, throw it at them and be like, Lightning bolt and see if they go away. I don't know. Uh, okay. Because <laughs> that's what they end up using. So Henry was interested in Warhammer. So I was like, hey, I've always wanted to play. So they have two categories. There's Warhammer Fantasy, which is all like old timey Lord of the Rings elves and that kind of shit. And then there's Warhammer 40K that's like futuristic, still, you know, elves and orcs and all that shit. But they're all in like space shit. Which is cool. Spaceship, but with swords. They still got swords. Oh, they haven't for figured sure. they've 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 they, they no, got Mark. interplanetary travel down. <laughs> no, guns. they still have fucking swords. Mark, please. A plasma blade. Oh. <laughs> God damn, how do you paint that? 
It's fucking hard. I will bring one in because <laughs> I will show do. you. That is a four-step process, just so we're clear. It has ink washing, dry brushing, and detail work. It's very fucking wow. difficult. Yeah, so it came back up, and I started painting again just because it was it was fun, um, and it was hilarious how fucking into it I got immediately. I was right back into. It. I spent like three grand on fucking miniatures while I was in Detroit. <laughs> I have a thousand dollars with the paint. Shit, it, I'm not joking. Each figurine is like a hundred dollars if it, if it's like a, a high point. Can you sell them after you paint them? Yeah, for sure you can sell them for. Yeah, there there's actually a prof you can be a professional miniature painter and make very good money. Because if I sell like if I sell a main character's worth like a, you know, quite a few points and it's a good character, it, it's like 2 grand a character. Fully paint professionally painted. Holy shit, how many hours though are you into that? Is it oh, like fuck, come out to be like many. 4 bucks an hour after probably. Yeah. yeah, I think it takes me I'm about 20 hours a character. Thing. And I've got, you know, an army is like I get, uh, 50 to <laughs> 80. Depend, yeah, it's it's serious. It's it's a serious time commitment, which is why it's kind of attractive because you can't play until you have a, a finished army. You can't, like, no one will play. You need, like, you need to put in a year of painting before you can even play the fucking game. And if you want to play the game, you have to read the entire story, which is the saga, and it's like hundreds and hundreds of books. So if I showed up with, like, Three broken GI Joe and stuffed animal, <laughs> and like a Wolverine. You'd be like, "Get that yeah. army out of here!" Oh yeah, I wouldn't play with you. I'd be like, "Fuck, get out of here." <laughs> you lack commitment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think there's a theme running between all the shit that we get involved with, which is like, this is gonna cost way more money than you'll ever make, and the commitment involved makes no sense. And there's a heavy front end investment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does cool. seem like there's definitely a theme. Yeah, I'm just figuring this out now. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the same. But and, and when I so this might be like, man, that seems weird. I look at like some of the flags you've made because you have this one, and I showed him right before he came here, and he went, "What the fuck?" And you have this like laser cut wood flag that looks like it's waving in the wind. How in the fuck did you develop that skill? Like that? How? So that one, because everybody kept at, so we got into the steel flags and, and kind of like your action figures. I have so many hours into the steel flags that they're hard, it's really hard for me to, to, to market mm. because there's so many guys doing wood flags. And so mm. constantly for the last couple of years since I started. Is it a price difference or is it yeah, just Yeah, so my, my small or my medium flag, uh, steel flag, which is about 20, it's about two and a half by three and a half feet. It goes for 800 bucks. And I, I think, and our customers tell us all the time, they're like, you know, once I saw it in person, it, it was well worth the money. Mm. But the flag game or flag industry as it is, most, I don't know of anybody really doing much in steel that's, uh, that's a high level of craftsmanship, mm. but the, the flags are typically wood. Guys are doing them out of pallet wood and every other thing. Yeah. And they're 200 to 400 bucks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm way outside of the norm for somebody that's like, I want a artistic rendering of an American flag, I'm at a whole different price point, you know? So yeah. the waving flag, I was like, well, we can't, I didn't feel like it was, it was true to me or true to the brand to come out with a pallet wood the, flag. Like, just a copy of a flat flag. Yeah, you know, just some cheesy yeah. thing. And so I was trying to come up with something uh, and trying to come up with how to do it. And, and so I was just taking pictures of flags waving in the wind and, and generated the idea. Huh. Um, and then try to come up with a, a genuine pattern for how a flag would actually wave in the wind 
And so that's the, how I came up with that design. Wow. So, And it starts out, I imagine, as a super thick thing, and you just shape this thing down by hand? Yeah. Yeah, and so we, we shape it. I take a lot of the wood off with the CNC now. Okay. Originally, it was just all by hand, but it's... It's just there's no way to to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to do that That's effectively. Not scalable, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now um, I programmed it so I can take the bulk of it off, but it's still like you're you know the we do two sizes that we actually list on the site. We do a lot of custom sizes, but we yeah. list a uh, basically a two and a half by three and a half, and then a three by five. Uh-huh. And the two and a half by three and a half takes no less than eight hours of sanding on it still. Whoa. So it's just, it's more scalable because once the basic pattern's into it, mm-hmm. then one of the younger guys that work for me can, can do it. You as know, long as he's now not they're on just, his phone. Yeah. <laughs> or, or in the bathroom. Otherwise, it's 12 hours. Yeah, exactly. Wait, so, it's eight hours. It's probably three hours of sanding and five hours of texting. Yeah. <laughs> five hours of taking <laughs> selfies of you sanding. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he proves to you that he's been working the whole time, he will show you his Instagram. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> Look at all my comments. I'm telling people about the sanding I'm doing. That yeah. is, I'm growing your no, brand no, no, I'm growing for your you. Brand. I'm growing yeah. into it. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. They, so. they are, I mean, they're shockingly... Like, especially yeah, in thanks, real life, I, to see the pictures because you're right, the steel ones, um, they don't. A picture doesn't do them justice. And as soon as we went down to the shop and took a tour around, and I saw the metal ones in real life, you're like, oh, that's yeah. a different process than I thought it, it was going to be. Yeah, and they're by far my favorite. I, I like the wooden ones, mm-hmm. and I and I'm happy with the design and how it came out. But um, I does I came up with. So I don't know how much you guys I've ever told you guys of the story, but basically. I came up with the the steel flag when I first started out, and I was in a building with the uh, the Black Rifle Coffee dudes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, we could probably sell these. And I was like, well, dude, I was drinking beer on a Friday when I made this thing. I don't even know if I could do it again. You know, it wasn't a thing that I was actually intentionally. <laughs> Might as well go get more beer yeah, and find so out. So I was yeah. like, well, let me let me see if I can reproduce it. So Hold I, my beer. Let me yeah. see if I can reproduce this. I need to get shit face wasted. <laughs> Step one. But uh, so Sweet I made a call. Also model. not scalable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, but I made four more of them, and I was like, yeah, dudes, let's put them on the website uh, and see if we can try and sell something. But I was so I mean, it was so green. I knew mm. nothing about business or manufacturing or fabrication. I mean, I was really just learn as you go. And so we sold like 11 of them. And the week later is when I had my seizure. And Ooh. so I was in the shop. The last thing I remember is in the shop, like trying just bullshitting and everybody got like a real serious look on their face and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, dude. Like I'm trying to tell you a funny story. And my wife had been there dropping off lunch and they were like, they started yelling for my wife. Mm. And last thing I remember, she came in and she's like, what's up? Are you okay? And I'm like, babe, I'm fine. And apparently I did not say, babe, I'm fine. It just was garbling. And so she freaked out and they took me to the hospital. And and the next thing I remember is about five days later, uh, a week later. And, uh, but with that, I couldn't remember how to do the flags. I couldn't remember making the first one. Whoa! So I didn't ship a single flag for three months. So for three months, I just went in seven days a week for 12 hours a day. I made probably 50 to 60 flags that none of them came out because I, I just couldn't even figure out the process. And uh, Whoa. the cl- the customers I had were really, really cool. Only one person canceled their order. And it was right, it's funny, it's the day I've got the first ones done where I was like, I actually got, like these ones are good, I can ship these. And a dude I've known for 25 years hmm. called all pissed off and was demanding his money back. And I'm like, dude, like one more day, man. And you you would have had it. and. But everybody else was great. They were super understanding and super patient and mm. super cool about being three months late. And what what caused the seizure? 
They're, they're not sure. I've been to, in the last few years, I've been to hundreds of appointments. Uh, I've seen every neurologist in the state of Utah and done every test you can do for, for uh, assessing brain activity and, mm. and everything else. And ultimately, they, they don't know. They, they've gone to what is the catch-all for military dudes, especially dudes that have a, a lot of service, mm. that's PTSD. So that's their way of punting the ball over to the, <laughs> the mental health department, and then they don't have to call it a loss or, or say they don't know. So that that's where we're at now is they, they, they're not sure. I've had a couple incidents since then. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing as drastic as that, but a couple smaller ones. And That's fucking crazy. So you on I, any medication for that right now? Or no, they, they try to put me to put on you on because they don't know what you have? Yeah, exactly. And what's the quantifiable impact You know, it's, when we're looking for it not to happen again? Yeah. So they put me on some stuff right after it uh, to try and help with my brain activity because mm-hmm. right for the, for the first six months, it was really rough. Like I would, it was anything that was like a, uh, like a, a memorized process or like anything that was muscle memory mm-hmm. as we would call it. I lost. So I would literally put my boots on in the morning and I would only tie one boot and I would just walk around until I realized I didn't, I never finished tying my shoes or like I would go to the bathroom and I wouldn't flush the toilet. Or I would go to the bathroom and I wouldn't zip up my pants. So for months, I just walked around with my pants. Plenty up. of people doing that, you know, you know, just on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, who did both have of those activities? <laughs> yeah. Not flushing the toilet, not putting the seat down. Not, but anything that you, you know, sequence not like that, I couldn't do it. Like Fuck. even just as much as like you know, you leave the house every day. Like I, I grab my wallet, I grab my keys, I grab my cell phone, mm. I grab some chapstick, whatever. Like the things you always grab, I couldn't sequence grabbing all of those things. I would break down mid process, and. uh even turning off the car, I couldn't, like, you know, you, like, yeah. you pull into your space, you put yeah. it into park, you pull the keys out. And for months, I would try to get the keys out and it's still in drive and I couldn't figure out why I was still, like, I couldn't get the key out. Whoa. So little things like that that, that have gotten better, I still have some problems with it. and uh, But it's at least manageable. I feel yeah. like I try to take it with a grain of salt, you know. So, so you develop this highly technical um product that you were ready to sell and then you had this seizure and it completely erased how you developed this thing and you had to refigure it out pretty much from scratch yeah exactly uh, among yeah. the life stuff that you also had to figure out yeah that's exactly. fucking wild so that is it was uh so that one that that product in that 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 piece is is particularly like personal to me because it was yeah. such a a test of perseverance and i i just didn't know what else to do i didn't have any money to give the people their money back yeah and it just became an integrity thing for me that, like, I had to, I had to solve it. And, yeah. And I've never really backed down from challenges in life. And yeah. so it was something where, you know, it probably took a lot of stubbornness to just go, <laughs> fuck that. I'm going to fucking figure it out. And so ultimately we figured it out. It was cool because we figured out I sold them in February and I shipped the first ones right before the 4th of July. So it's cool to get them all out to those people right before the 4th of July. So, Crazy. so they've evolved a ton since yeah. then. They've gotten a lot better because I've obviously gotten a lot better at, at the atmospherics and, and how to control the etching process. But mm-hmm. that is know. fucking insane. I, I mean, there's so many. <laughs> I, I can appreciate a the 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 patience that people have for um, 
businesses that don't have their shit together correctly because we're one of those for sure when we we think we can do something and we assert that just, we can just do by it. force of will yeah and we, we have people that believe in the idea that we can do something as well and then when you feel like you're gonna let those people down it is crushing like it is like it's one of the like your self-worth comes in into question yeah. like your ability yeah. to function become comes into question and it seems like you had to uh, it, now I feel like, man, we were really dramatic about our own failures because at least we didn't have a seizure and forget how to do this shit. We just <laughs> had some delays in shipping. Sometimes it feels like that, though. Yeah, oh, for sure. That yeah. is fucking crazy. Oh, that, maybe the people who are printing the T-shirts and can't get white on black <laughs> maybe they have to a not look like khaki on black. <laughs> like maybe that's maybe we should just give them a little bit of uh, leeway. Yeah, because some something bad. Like you never know. Uh, get them a CT scan first, and then <laughs> confirm the <laughs> confirm the seizure, and then we'll give them the leeway. Is that the idea? That, That's it. Uh, that is super bizarre. I don't know how we derailed, but this is actually more interesting to me. I, I, so, and and now it's sort of the the business has developed f- sort of starting with the flag piece, but then to offer other stuff. Which because I saw the other day. I mean, yeah. I mean, when like like seeing. Uh, the website recently, and, and I, I presume it was Vance that, like, like the, for, the, yeah. for the for the new thing. I mean, his his pictures obviously are uh, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's um, amazing. I guess it, yeah. Like, it, it, and um, but I noticed that okay, there's some like some furniture pieces and that kind of thing now also. Which so this is sort yeah. of an expansion. Yes, of, we 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 didn't know where we we're going, so it's we kind of came out of the first couple runs of flags and then i figured them out again we sold a couple more but i was still trying to figure out what i was doing and and it's funny because my dad uh when i started he's like well what, what are you gonna do what's the product i'm like i don't know he's like well you're, you're gonna quit your job and start a business i'm like yeah and he's like that doesn't that's not how people do business i'm like i'm good at making stuff i'll just figure out what people want and then that's I'll just not how that. people did business and, 50 years ago yeah and I'm, but I'm like I'm just like this sounds shockingly familiar <laughs> I was thinking that, I was thinking the same thing so yeah so it, it's totally it seemed totally to reasonable me. to me he, yeah. he didn't agree but so we came out of that and I had just bought my Sprinter van oh, yeah. and then the people at Sprinter van were like hey you do fabrication think you could outfit these prison vans and I was like, yeah, that's actually exactly what, what we do as a company is we outfit prison vans. <laughs> and so I just, you know, bullshit my way into that. So we, for, for months, we were building out sprinter vans. And the whole time I'm like, where is this thing going? And a guy, that, a friend approached me who was building a restaurant on the beach in Orange County. And he's like, hey, you think you could build out a restaurant? I'm like, I, I actually, yeah, that's what I've been. That's, that's what we that's do. What we've been doing for yeah. some time now is all these restaurants. That, yeah, there's, a, there's all these new know. restaurants on the shores of the Great Salt Lake. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you the contact info at yeah. some point. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. I don't know. I look back and, and we, we finished that restaurant and we did, uh, you know, it came out really great. But I look back and I'm like, how in the hell did I agree I was so out of my depth in, in taking that, but even more so him for believing that I could get it done. Cause it was, you know, it was a half a million dollars on the, ta- on the, you know, on the line and they had an opening date. I mean, I could have, I look back and like, I could have screwed everybody on that thing for, I mean, for so much, uh, which was a huge leap of faith for him, but we, we did it. And so that's how we kind of got more into the commercial space. And yeah. so since then we've done a handful of restaurants, uh, not on that scale where we did everything, but we'll do more 
we're kind of gravitating more toward the feature pieces. So if yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah. a restaurant, like the one or two things that are particularly uh, eye-catching is the things that we step in and, and do. Nice. Um, so, so you're been, the reason for the Sprinter pandemic in Utah. That apparently, we, me and Michael yeah. were talking about yesterday. Like everybody has a fucking sprint. This is awesome, but I want to know where I can get mine. <laughs> Why do so it, many it people have sprinter vans? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, they're they're fucking awesome. Uh, like yeah. I appreciate yours. Your in yours got stolen. Re- it's <laughs> yeah. It's been a shit year. Twenty eighteen. You can just throw this one away. <laughs> I don't give a shit what happens the rest of the year. I will that, always say this year sucks. That yeah, was for, the for, that was the URL we were missing. What's that? Fuck 2018. No, 2018, <laughs> eat a dick. Yeah. Oh, that was it, yeah. Dot com. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah. Q1 2018, <laughs> yeah. eat a dick. God, it's been a bad one. Yeah, so yeah, I started out the year uh, getting the Sprinter stolen out of the driveway. So my wife was, I was just leaving to Tucson too because I had sold a motorcycle to a buddy who's been, I still haven't even delivered it. He's been bitching at me for so long. Because you don't and have I'm a like, van to fucking Yes, I got his money, there. of course, right? And then I'm like, dude, I'm going to take it down next week. And then next week turned into like a month and I'm like, fine, dude, I'm, I'm bringing it. So I left at like 5 a.m. and I'm like, I'm finally doing it. And two hours south, I get a call from my wife at 7.30 and she's like, the van is missing. It just disappeared out of the driveway. So she had gone out to go to the gym. She turned it on the van and then went in to grab the kids and came back out and it was gone. No shit. So right in the suburbs where you think like good, mellow, safe neighborhood. And well, that's exactly where I go to steal the sprinters that I've stolen. <laughs> Which that's what I like, thought too. Per- like. Particularly in the winter, you know, yeah. people like turn them on to warm them up and shit like that. And then they just go back in the house to drink some more coffee and like the keys are in, the fucking heater's on. This is what could be easier. Yeah. Than- so this it's is so this funny. Is just to like, Fuck. maybe you guys don't even know how the, this this happened. Because, so <laughs> I, this just reminded me because you mentioned your wife. We We met his wife when me and Aaron were looking at buying that gym up in Olympus. Okay. And she came in and uh, we had just taken over. We had just painted. Wait, the gym formerly known as the Cove? No, 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 no. Different. No, this was a CrossFit gym that was there. And we were trying to see how it was going to pan out. So Next to the wing coop? um, On the the back side of that Olympus Cove. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. So we, uh, next door to the gymnastics gym or whatever. So we had, I just painted the whole thing by myself because it was fucking atrocious before and built the front desk. I know nothing about building anything, but I'd like put a serious amount of effort into cleaning this whole space up to sit, and then like Aaron went about getting clients into it. We wanted to see what was possible with this place before we actually bought it. And it turned out that it was a total shit show. But in between, somehow your wife came in and we, we were training her. She was telling me about you. She's like, oh, my husband should come in here. It, it seems like you guys aren't a normal CrossFit gym. Man, he fucking hates CrossFit. <laughs> and I was like, that's why I love her. Yeah, totally. so, we, <laughs> so, so we were explaining, like, yeah, this is definitely not CrossFit. She asked my background, and uh, I mentioned working with Mark, working with Jim Jones, and she was like, oh, he for sure needs to come in here. And I think by the time she might have wrangled you, we were fucking out of there. Yeah. And then it came back around because I started developing this uh, supplement and Doug, he, I knew he had developed a protein powder. So I was just asking him how he went about it. And then he pointed me in the direction to JD, his chemist guy that does all the food flavoring. And then we started talking. Doug helped me a bunch with that. And then because of that connection, we met Vance Jacobs because Doug <laughs> sent us Vance. And yeah. I, so I'd wanted him in here for a I while. I had no idea. Oh, I, I didn't either until we, like, I, I didn't even know. I forgot all about that until your wife reminded me when we were at your house for dinner. And I was yeah. like, holy shit. I didn't, I forgot that was even her. 
And it's just like small circle wrapped everything back around. It's such a weird fucking world sometimes. But. Yeah. Everything really comes back to I hate CrossFit. <laughs> because I first started doing Jim your... Jones wouldn't exist. Well, I started sentiment. doing your workouts in like 07 when I was in Iraq. I okay. think it was the first time I was introduced to you uh, and Jim Jones. And so I read all the articles of you being you and... Uh, <laughs> Like I, I was, I was all in. I drank the Kool Aid, as as you guys say, and Flavor Aid. Kool Aid's too mainstream. Flavor Aid, it's cheaper, tastes worse. So hence, yeah. and it's called purple, yeah. not grape. So anyway, colors taste like, great. Yeah. So we started doing because uh, you did the online memberships then. Yeah. I don't know how long that 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 went, but uh, so yeah, we're doing. So that's kind of how, you know. Kinda so it's funny enough that. That that's why I knew who you are and, and Jim Jones and everything and how she met you and yeah, she mentioned that I hate it and I still hate it. <laughs> I see it. It's just, it's good. It's good. I shouldn't say that, but I mean, especially because you're just in your industry and I'm talking shit. And you're, I mean, that's you're, how I, I make know. my money and I hate CrossFit. I just, yeah. I just don't like. I'm not a good follower, <laughs> and I hate. I almost hate it about myself because if I like something and everybody else starts liking it, I'm like, man, I wanted to keep liking it, but I won't. I loved that band. You yeah. guys ruined it for me. <laughs> you ruined it. They fucking People suck People I don't like liking I something I like. Tool. Tool is probably my favorite band of all time. I'll never admit that because I don't want to find out <laughs> about other Tool fans because they're the worst humans on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> I thought fish fans. Were, uh, they're they're okay. fish heads. Okay, like, you probably win there. Right. Is that what they call? Fish I think heads? they're fish heads. Fish heads. Fish heads. Yeah, yeah, See, yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah. fucking know. The fucking, the, the, That's the how language. little God. you want to do with <laughs> that fan base. Damn it! I just quoted you. I'm not a good follower, which brings us totally back down to freedom. We <laughs> <laughs> could. So, so I would. You know, I, I had a couple of notes on the whole freedom thing, and we since we're back, um, we can fucking drop this shit now because yesterday we were coming up uh, with a password mm. for a new project that people can't get access to. And I'm not going to drop the password right now. Well, I might know what it is. Well, no, because is this one going to be one Wait, of the private fuck. ones? Ah, God damn. Like, I don't yeah. even know where we are anymore with this whole password. Keep the, keep the password. Yet. I didn't know yeah, if it was yeah. right behind you. No, oh, the password is. Oh, the, the, oh, you mean where it says the password is complacent? <laughs> that's, that's because I erased fence sitter. That was, my, <laughs> that was my was recommendation the, for a password. The previous <laughs> password for people who can't fucking figure out what li side of the line they're on, much <laughs> less even recognize that there is a line and it's hard and it's drawn in the sand. It's not even drawn in the sand. It's painted on the fucking pavement. And, uh, and I mined it last week. So um, <laughs> I was going to say, there any, was a wall in place of the line. Yeah, so any, any, anyone out there, you know who you are who can't decide. <laughs> you think you can straddle the fucking line? You can't. Anyway, uh, at least personally, you know, in terms of business, maybe, you know, if the cash involved is okay, then morals might be flexible. But, uh, I mean, it seems that's the way everyone else does it, right? Moral ambiguity. I, I believe so. Yeah, okay. So cash, like, transcends integrity. <laughs> morals, yeah. Well, absolutely. that's also how they, okay. according to South Park, that's how you uh, cure AIDS is just concentrated cash. <laughs> <laughs> Just injected. Yeah, yeah directly. <laughs> That's directly. how Magic Johnson doesn't have AIDS anymore. <laughs> exactly. Um, so when we were talking about, uh, I don't know, that the Josh, we're going to have to maybe discuss a, a Gadsden flag project. Yeah, that'd be great. Because, uh, I mean, it might have to be a one-off, but uh, I might be totally willing to pay for that. Because yeah, um, cool. anyway, because as a... Um, you know, 
in my ancestry. Mm-hmm. I got a dude named John Hart. John Hart was one of the signatories of the Declaration of Independence. Makes my sister a daughter of the American Revolution. I don't know why they're not sons of the American Revolution, but wow. she's D-A-R, and I kind of figured, like, I'm like I'm a card-carrying TSOL member, really, you know, True Sons of Liberty. Prior to that, were, uh, the, the, the formation of the True Sons of Liberty was an organization called the Loyal Nine, and those were guys who operated totally in secret and opposed the monarchy and did subversive shit. And I'm just thinking, they met in bars and most of them were distillers and some of them were (laughs) distillers and some of them were the cousins of distillers who, you know, might have beer brands named after them today. Some of them owned printing projects and some of them owned printing projects (laughs) and publishing kind of things. And I'm just thinking, you know, this is sounding really familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Starting to feel like the apple or the cherry or whatever doesn't fall far from the fucking tree. And, and and I just, I kind of realized like that I am, I have no, you know, you you didn't want it to go to free will, but I don't have free will because yeah. this is yeah. this subversive question authority kind of shit that I've been doing my whole life. It's in my blood. I can't help it. You might have to imprison me for it, but there will be riots if you do so. <laughs> That's a funny statement that you just said. You didn't want this to be about free will. Yeah. That goes exactly why I don't want it to go into free will because we have no fucking control over this shit in the first place. Yeah, but potentially so, yeah. yeah. It in itself yeah. is a paradoxical statement. So I I agree that <laughs> and I just and and for some reason I I realized that like in life the 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 I'll say the greatest accomplishments or whatever I mean I don't want to make them sound great but greatest and personally for me have always been a reaction to a a, a sort of suffocation of some kind whether like, okay, you can't, uh, of limiting freedom and whether that's tradition limiting freedom of expression or it's actual rules, I've always pushed back and, um, and then accepted whatever outcome came, I guess. And so the other note that I have here is that, you know, it's, you know, free plus responsible or something like that, that like, okay, I want, I want to, I'm going to do what I'm going to what I want to do. And yeah, I think there are certain rules that need to be followed, but that all has to do with like respect for others or the, the rules of taking responsibility for my, you know, my, my personal behavior or whatever, but um, like, but the arbitrary rules and stuff like that, that limit freedom because it makes other people uncomfortable. I'm not so good with that. No, or or because it limits growth. And and people confuse this all the time when they say like, oh, freedom of speech. That doesn't mean um, that somebody can't stop you from saying what, because now this comes up um, in like social media where like Twitter blocked this person and that's a violation of, of freedom of speech. I'm like, actually, you're really convoluting what that means. It has to do yeah, with the government. A, that's and private. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and so, but the, here's here's the, the, the bigger point point to that is the fact that the wait, people, wait, the, wait, wait, that people confuse corporations with government that, but <laughs> that's easy to do these days. What's even more, um, kind of disillusioning to people is like, wait, you are dependent on this third party in order to get your voice out. Therefore you are not fucking free to begin with. And if you don't realize that and change your platform and change your voice and change your audience, you are dependent on something else, which means you are not free at all. Well, and then you're also confusing freedom with free. 
True. In the sense that you're using a platform somebody provides you for free, <laughs> essentially. Well, in exchange for, you know, manipulating your mind. But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> okay, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I think I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> leave it at manipulating people's minds through social media. I mean, just just the idea of like, uh, oh, wait, I get, I get this thing for, but this thing is free. And so therefore I'm free if I use mm. it. Whoa, 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 wow. You... Uh, you need to go back to that school and maybe pay for your education so you have a little more respect for what you learn. Well, and this is that maybe this is this might describe uh, Josh's experience with uh, some um, I wouldn't call them dissentful employees, but maybe lazy employees of some sort. Malingerers, malingerers, yeah, malingerers. That's actually there's a fine line between dissent and laziness. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. That's pretty damn good, actually. Um, this thing comes up pretty often because, I mean, you have them. So they probably don't realize the extent or, or people or employees or people that um, want a paycheck and they're willing to work for a paycheck. They don't realize the amount of work that goes into setting up a structure so that you can employ somebody else to do something. Um, they tend to look, as this happens in the gym, we call it moose cocking, actually. Um it's a real thing. So, you know, I, I, I I'm just thinking size is a, that's where I go first. That was the first thing I thought of too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, is this a big guy workout or is this? <laughs> well, it has to do with the, the, the thought process is, you know, Oh, I'm in a gym. The equipment isn't that expensive. I'm doing all the work. Like I'm training all the classes and I bought like, I could just buy $20,000 of equipment and open up across the street. And because I'm everybody's coach, they're going to go with me because that's the product, right? I'm the product. And the person who paid all the bills and set this whole thing up and went to the trouble of starting this thing, fuck him. I'm I'm the person who's going to do it. So they end up starting a company across the street. They buy twenty thousand dollars worth of equipment. Of course, they couldn't get everything that they wanted, so you know they do some handy down shit. They only take ten percent of the clientele because the other people don't want to walk across the street or cause a weird scenario. And then, or they just they bought a building with no parking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that person. Um, then gets burned out after six months and he finds, you know, a guy in his class who's really good at fitness. He goes, Hey, you want to be a coach here? Because I need a couple days off. So he starts paying him $10 an hour to run, you know, each session. And then that guy starts it's below going, the minimum wage, but with perks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get a free you, membership dude, yeah. and a title dude. And we'll give you a t-shirt. <laughs> no, we'll call you coach. <laughs> and you get to try to bang whatever girl comes in here because that's how the gym industry works, right? Like if you're a coach, you have perfect access to <laughs> sexual relations with every client apparently in CrossFit. Hey, so, um, it's the way they dress easy there, man. <laughs> Both of us are fucking guilty. <laughs> I don't Potent know about potentially Keegan. all three of us. <laughs> sure. To be fair, I fired her before we started dating. To be fair, I didn't speak with her for the first three years she was training in my gym. <laughs> fair enough. So I was going to say, to be fair, I started coaching her after we started dating. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> nice. You improved your business. Yeah. Oh, and your relationship oh, status. Okay. So <laughs> you're exactly right, Michael, with your thesis that that's how the business industry fucking works. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm. Proven. I, I'm making fun of the process because I have taken part in it. Um, the So then that person who was hired for $10 an hour, he sees, oh, man, this is only $20,000 worth of equipment. There's a third place down the street that I could open up and I'll take all the clients. And essentially all you're doing is diluting the original thing 
um, because everybody thinks that they can do what they do. And I imagine like nobody probably realizes the absolute pain that went into discovering how you made what you make. Yeah. Like the, the process that goes into that acid etching. All they see is, no, you showed me how to do it and now I do it. Like, oh, now the CNC machine or whatever you use. And then I, I fin- I'm the one doing it. And that, that inappreciation is not respected anymore. And I think one of the things that we do, like, so we just took a gentleman through a process. Um, the, the only reason I was able to do was because of what Mark showed me. And we had a kind of a funny conversation about this um, because he was talking about it. And because Mark is a responsible person, he felt self-conscious about talking about something that he didn't directly have to do with. And he, and he mentioned it to me, like text me, which I laughed at because I go, uh, no, that, that thing would have never fucking happened unless you taught me how to do what I do. Therefore, everything should be paid tribute to the person who discovered and put in the work and the, the sweat equity and the psychological. You know, he, tear, he tore his hair out probably for fucking, I don't know, every job that he's done trying to figure out this process. And then he was grateful enough, or he was uh, kind enough, gracious enough, I should say, to share it with me. And if I didn't pay that back, I would be that asshole in the bathroom on Instagram as opposed to trying to pay tribute to this whole process that we learned. And I think that, like illuminating that process to people, like, those are the people I want to work with. Like those, those are how I decide whether somebody is worth investing in is like, are they going to pay tribute? Not to me, because it wasn't my process. I mean, I, I might've helped. I might've streamlined. I might've, you know, pushed the right buttons and helped him do what he did. But we eventually I want people to pay process back to where it originated, which I say it started with Mark for me. Dude, don't make me cry. <laughs> but I, I would say that that's, that's, that's what sets you apart from, you know, 999 people out of a thousand like and that's what I, that's the hardest thing about scaling my business has been is is finding people that will show up every day appreciate <laughs> and, and i've tried everything i've paid above market rate thinking mm-hmm. that people will appreciate that and try harder and they don't i've they start you know, thinking let people listen to music mm-hmm. because i hope that that like is appreciated and then they'll they'll, they'll put it put out a little more you know i offer to let guys stay or coming early, use my materials, my machines to train to get better at their their craft. Never, not one time has anyone ever taken me up on it in two years or three years now. Crazy. So, you know, and that's that's the the conundrum, and that's what people don't get. You know, so you know, you you figure out my overhead is is significant, and then people want, it, especially because my product is a creative product. So it's like, well, I want to be creative too. Well, okay, so let's say I let you be creative. But you're a shitbag and you're going to quit in two months mm-hmm. because you think something better came along or you want to explore, your, you know, your whatever side and you're going to go do this thing. And so what happens now that I've created a product around your creativity, the guy that likes to take your place, does he get to be creative? Like, at what point do we go, this is the product. We're going to make it because we have rent. Like, mm-hmm. that's what this is. And, <laughs> and people don't like that. And that's, that's where I say, I've joked earlier, like, you know, I know how everybody's boss became an asshole because yeah. I'm in the process of becoming an asshole where I, I just, you're never appreciated. It's never, there's no reciprocation of that, that respect. And so at some point I'm like, I, I just don't care. Like I just need people like I need to, and that's sadly every book that you read on business, it's all about distilling your product down to such simple terms that a monkey could do it mm. and then just count on hiring monkeys. And then hire monkeys. Yeah. And, and it sucks, yeah. but it's true. And And so- 
I wish there was another way around it. And I really thought, and that's probably the altruist in me is the reason I've, I've, you know, struggled professionally. And with the business, we, we go through these struggles because I, I believe in individuals so much. I had a guy who was doing our shipping and receiving last year and he, I was so busy. I was so heads down on other aspects of the job and, and operations that I genuinely trusted him to handle the shipping side. And he overnighted 250 flags and I didn't know about it because we were shipping a big bulk run until the UPS bill came UPS bill came I budgeted $12,000 for shipping oh, I can't wait to hear this $40,000 oh, and there's no well I didn't tell them to do that they're like it's done we shipped them overnight you owe us that money and and you just eat it and so it's funny like even and I and I hear it and it frustrates me in all aspects of society because it's my optic now of how I view people in the world but like the you know, the, the two black guys in the Starbucks thing. The first thing I think is somebody's paying for those lights. Somebody's paying for the air conditioning you're enjoying and you're such an egregious asshole. You can't even buy a drink. You can't even give them a dollar for the courtesy of establishing a business in which you could meet your friend. But people don't ever think of that. It's like, no, I'm entitled to all these things. I'm entitled to, well, the door to was the four open. walls and the lights. And it's like, dude, somebody's, and I pay those things, and it's like my family goes without, so those things are paid. Like those are it's not profits like I don't I don't take and, air. Yeah, where it's just around when you wake up and you go to sleep and you get to breathe it, and you know let's let's uh, <clears throat> so let's start putting some governors on uh, on that. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think it's an accident, but it, uh, that we kind of looped around to this um, because the, what you're expressing now is what I would say the cost of like real personal freedom is. Like you are able to do what you do because you are willing to go without. Like that that's a true expression of freedom is you are willing to put up with chaos and an uncertainty and all the pitfalls that, that come with the ability to make decisions and be creative on your own. And you want to instill that in other people. And I think they, you know, some people might, because I know Doug personally, um, he gets it. Like that guy works harder than like a lot of people that I know. And he's very creative and he's willing to do just the absolute most grunt work beneath him stuff. I mean, I had the guy um, looking up packaging for me and there was no reward in it for him. Like I was just asking for a favor and he did hours and hours of work based on that. Like just based on the fact that he wanted to help me do this thing. And I, there's very few people that can do that. He's probably on my clock, by the way, so I'm going to be billing you. <laughs> I think this is before. This is before <laughs> he's But do it no, anyway because no, that's but just, hilarious. But <laughs> just take it out of his paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> you, say, yeah, yeah you owe this. Yeah. Um, it, but at least he wasn't taking selfies. That's true. <laughs> that know. we know of. That we say, yeah, you know of. Yeah. No, no, but you can go back and, you know, you guys could, like, correlate timelines now because all that shit's on record. <laughs> that's a good point. Like, you know, he's taking a selfie of himself sanding the thing. Like, that's just the, that's the, the, I'm the image. Unfortunately, I'm leaving this podcast with <laughs> a guy taking a selfie of himself sanding this thing. So that, like here I'm at my job yeah. sanding, sanding the, you know, the, the, the flag that is represents basically my opportunity to actually have a fucking job. The antithesis yeah. of what I'm acting like is the, the yeah. fucking shitty part about yeah. that. But that's the funny thing. And, and I always vent about it to, to Doug and stuff about the nonsense on social media as far as entrepreneurship, which yeah. entrepreneur is about my least favorite word in the I'm world. I'm so happy you said that because I hated you for calling me that. It's, well, I know. But I, it's because it's, I didn't it's really Rolexes. It's all later. this nonsense. Like, no, dude, like 
entrepreneurship is being the last guy paid. It's being the guy working the hardest. Yeah. It's the guy caring the most and having your like feelings on your, on your sleeve getting, you know, I, it's, I, it's all those things. And ultimately you hope that it pays off in the long game, but it, I'm all the time. It's funny. I'll, I'll tell Doug, I'm like, take pictures of me working, man. So we can post them, like so because it's me pushing a broom, yeah. it's me cleaning the bathroom, it's me taking the trash. Like, that's entrepreneur hustle. life. Yeah, <laughs> like so glamorous, man. I, I don't know why I, I don't rock more of my Rolexes at work. And know? it sucks so. that there's no other better word for it. Yeah, because I could call yeah. it like a proprietor, a haberdasher. Like well, I don't know. Like <laughs> I like haberdasher. Hey, hey, all yeah, because nobody will have a lot of syllables that make it sound cool. Like yeah. entrepreneurship. Yeah. God damn, I'm guessing most entrepreneurs <laughs> don't know how to spell it. And business you know, owners don't call really themselves do it justice. No, that's A S S H O. I think I've just been around so many shitty people that call themselves entrepreneurs or philanthropists well, that, or all this yeah. other bullshit because they make fucking t shirts that it's like. Okay. That's the ironic thing is like the number of people who call themselves entrepreneurs against yeah. the number of people who actually have a business. Yeah. You go, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, you're unemployed. You're not an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're a loser looking for free money because Gary Vaynerchuk told oh, you you yes. can have it. Yes. It's like the the asinine stupidity. And what's funny is you got guys like Tony Robbins who pump up these dudes' tires yeah. and it's like, he's literally never had a job. Like he was a sales guy. Like there's a documentary. He's a sales guy at like 22 years old. These like big moguls were like, this kid sells. Give him a script and let's make him a... Uh, a, Let's put him a motivational speaker. He scored and he's been so doing high it ever on, since. Yeah, on but public he's the boy band of public wanted, speaking. Yeah. But now you're going to tell me how to run a business. Get oh, because you wrote a book about here. how to make money, but which so, is how he made his money. Yeah, so, exactly. It's like the real estate guy who's like, I'm going to give you all the secrets of real estate. No, you wouldn't. You would just sell a lot of real estate and make a lot of fucking money. But <laughs> weird, the actually, bulk of your income is based on, and Gary Vaynernuts is the same thing. The yeah. bulk of your your profits and your money and your lifestyle is built around telling me how to run a business. Talking about doing money. that, yeah. Yeah, 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 without having done it. Um, I don't know if so. Jim Jones, mm. J I M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he started out <laughs> just to be clear. Just to one. just to be clear, because you know I wouldn't want any confusion. Um, failed monkey salesman, as I recall. <laughs> Before starting a cult. That's right. That's totally right. Yeah. Like, I'm just going, that's the best thing ever. So, I mean, what's it take to sell a monkey? I mean, A, you, I mean, you, you got I don't know. Somebody showed up my door and sold. Yeah, I, I, I just, feel like if I'm you're like, in the monkey you market, around, you're buying. Like, Do I have a choice or are you just bringing one at a time? <laughs> Because if there's a choice, like I want the fucking blonde monkey. I mean, I don't know. Like I've never seen what's a blonde monkey, monkey before. Yeah. What are we going to, what's the monkey going to do? Does it play an accordion? Yeah. Does, or does it just like, because it, it wear can, a hat? You can make it wear a hat and glue that fucking hat on. So my question would only be like, does it actually play the accordion or can it only like smash cymbals together? Because if it plays the accordion, I'm in. If it can only smash cymbals, I'm not, you know, that's just, a, that's Depends just on the noise. That's just noise. You know, but if you can drop a polka, and make people dance. <laughs> what do you want? What do you want for it? But it, it, like the, the the amazing shit that good salesmen have. You know, I mean, I guess he wasn't a good salesman if he was a if he couldn't even sell a monkey. But like he turned that into like. He turned that into a fucking Wikipedia entry is what he did <laughs> <laughs> and a documentary and like an, you know, a, an assassinated Senator like yeah. that, like, 
fucking endless news stories. Yeah, I guess Tony Robbins is still looking for his uh, his yeah. uh, place. <laughs> but that the, these people eat it up. Yeah, like they and it's you know I get re, you know it's and I get a lot of guys that and I joke, but like mm. if I need to hire guys in the back who I would you know I happily pour myself into training these. These are life skills. Like this is how to build things. Like that's yeah. valuable for your as a man or or or, yes. or a competent woman. But I could barely get people to apply. I've had four people this year show up, work one day, and quit. Is it because <sighs> it's hard? They're like, I saw the website. It's really amazing what you do. I'm like, it's not what we do. That's what we make. That's the end product. You sand or you you do this. <laughs> like you lift that heavy thing, you know, whatever. And a day in, they're they're out. We had a guy. We had a guy quit at lunch his first day. <laughs> the only good thing is we haven't had any of them come back for that check. Nice. Which I'm like, I dare you to show up for that half day check. <laughs> but uh, somebody oh. quit at lunch. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's not glamorous. But I guarantee, if I put an ad out for, need somebody to manage my social media, I'd have a line around the block. Okay, new new rule. Fuck. If social media disappeared and you don't have a business, you're not an entrepreneur. Exactly. <laughs> How's that sound? If if you're if if and social media is in your 30 second pitch about what your business does, yeah. you are not I'm an out. entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm out. I'm I'm done listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How it works. I need to check my emails that I sent out this morning. I don't know if I <laughs> <laughs> That is fucking fu- I can't yeah. believe that that's a real thing. And I, I I get we harp on this a little bit with Matthew Weatherly White was kind of a a guest of ours that comes from a fairly well-known business background. And we're both kind of in agreement that this is a very weird establishment. Like this business practice is just a a weird thing that's kind of happening and that it isn't merit-based like everybody wants to believe. Because if it was a, the hardest worker gets the most reward, well, fucking railroad workers would be fucking millionaires as opposed to fucking social media girls who wear fucking spandex and take pictures of their ass. (laughs) Those girls have more money than fucking you know, hardworking yeah. craftsmen. And that is fucking unreal to me. Well, everybody and, loves ass. <laughs> well, I mean, and I, I brought it up the other day, same type of thing. The The wealthiest people in our country that we know of, like Zuckerberg, yeah. and these, they contribute nothing to our society. Totally. Arguably, oh, we communicate. I get that. I'm not, I'm not dismissing that, but you're not curing anything. You're not, you're not, quantifiably improving life you're you're not accomplishing anything i would take it but all of our money goes to to those things as opposed Mm. to like why aren't we on mars yet oh because we're giving all our money to a social media mogul yeah Uh, and i would go one step further and uh, and our energy that we could apply to like getting to mars but we're spending that energy on these other things i mean which non-contributors and our privacy apparently too and yeah. what I would argue Apparently, goes against. But, or allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> it hasn't been proven allegedly. yet. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> Zuckerberg. <no>. Yeah. <laughs> and it's what I, what I would figure goes against what this country was originally established on um, was not that there should be career politicians. That was the opposite, that, that, that people in office, it was called public service for a reason, is because those that would serve would understand best what would serve the country. And now it's something different. Now it is a politician is a career and it's a way to make money and it's a way to get an insurance program that doesn't reflect actually anybody else in this country. Like the life of a politician has nothing to do with being an American really anymore. It has to do with this weird category of person that has a certain uh, charismatic personality type. Only slightly different trajectory from salesman. Exactly. 
it shouldn't be you shouldn't be able to pursue wealth through public service no and that's no. exactly what it is and and the I, fact and that we let Obama give a speech, or any any former office holder, to give speeches for half a million dollars, and we don't think there's something there, yeah, like come on. I mean, <laughs> so I, I was under the the, uh, I was mistaken about why, you know, the, the the federal seat of power was put in Washington D.C. because I always thought that it was put there because it was a fucking swamp. And because it was a hardship post, basically, and that no one would ever want to be there. Like, okay, I got to, I, I volunteer for public service for, because I, you know, I care. I want to see this whole, you know, colony thing turn into a state thing and then maybe a nation potentially someday. And so I will convene at some point in this horrible fucking swamp where there's mosquitoes and the humidity is 100% and it's like 90 fucking degrees. And, and I'll get together with other people who, you know, also, see into the future and the potential of this place. Um, but we'll get our shit done and get the fuck out of there as soon as we can, because, uh, you know, I fucking hate mosquitoes and no one invented <laughs> D yet. So, um, <laughs> so, so I always thought it was put there for hardship post, not because the land was free or whatever. And my solution to career politicians, especially on a federal level <clears throat> is to just like ban air conditioning. <laughs> within the limit, you know, the city limits of Washington, DC. <laughs> And no motherfucker would ever want to go. And then there wouldn't be people like, no matter. Yeah, you could. Yeah, if you do this and you do it for two years, four years, six years, whatever, you get to make speeches afterwards for which you might be paid up to a half million dollars if you get the top gig, right? But if you're a lower level sort of state kind of gig, yeah, you're going to be given speeches for like maybe five grand, but whatever. You might be able to turn it into an economic like benefit eventually. Um, but if there was no air conditioning, no one would fucking go. No one would volunteer. No one would want to be there because that was part of the mandatory conditions you had to put up with. It's like, and that's how politics should be. It shouldn't be like you get hand-fed fucking grapes. By, somebody wipes your ass for <laughs> and you. And somebody yeah. wipes your ass for you. Like it, it, it shouldn't be you know monetary benefit. The, 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 and therefore, the, and, and ultimately, the people who would do it would be like, Okay, those who are addicted to power, but that they'd get cured pretty quick. Um, and then the others who who would who actually give a fuck and care, and so I say, like hashtag no air conditioning in DC. <laughs> yeah, you know what's interesting because uh, we're finishing that job out there right now. So mm -hmm. we're the we're doing it for the Heritage Foundation, which is a big think tank uh, conservative yeah. organization. But they're running Capitol Hill, so I stay when I'm there in their dormitory where they keep their interns and everything. And uh, I, it's the most remarkable thing. Cause I like out there, I'll get up at, you know, I get up early anyways, but I'll, I, I'll, when I first got there, I was out on the street, like 5.00 AM, nothing's open. Like there's nowhere to get a coffee. There's nothing by 6.00 AM. Nothing's open still. Like the earliest place I could find to get a coffee was 6.30, but it is a ghost town. I mean, we're talking 500 meters from the Capitol building. There's no cars. There's no traffic. Wait. Traffic kicks up at about eight o'clock. My and then representatives don't get up early <laughs> and start working for me right away. It's a, when the like sun you go comes to New up? York City, that place is like humming yeah. by five a.m. Oh, or yeah. L.A. I'm I'm not even kidding you. Literally oh, yeah. no cars, and then by three thirty in the afternoon, it's a mad rush, and yeah. it's gone again by five thirty. The, the four so it's like yeah, no wonder nothing's LA getting done. You guys are working like just, six hours. Yeah. Plus, you're taking a two-hour lunch, probably. So there was a billboard here that was like, thank you, Orrin Hatch, for your service. And I, <laughs> I wanted to do that. one right after that said, thank you, Orrin Hatch, for showing that your service can be profitable. Because that, like, 
<laughs> this idea that that was service, what in the fuck? Like yeah. we have a totally uh, convoluted and jumbled view of what service is for anything. It's like, it, it, it <laughs> I mean, it's funny to talk about <laughs> because. Hey, MLMs wouldn't exist without Oren's I, intervention. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, he did a great thing for the economy and. Is he a big Ponzi scheme supporter? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, He's and, a federal and, politician. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's part of the biggest Ponzi scheme in history. <laughs> Touche. He, 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 I mean, for supplement, he basically made this. He made the supplement history, yeah. essentially, yeah. And that, and that allowed the MLM sort of thing to come in on its wake and, yeah. and you know, whatever. I mean. Yeah, I can't say I haven't profited from it, but exactly. still. Service? No, thanks. That, that's not fucking service. That's not how yeah. I describe it, you old fuck. <laughs> well, so what if he was a young fuck with the same thing? I mean, like, well, same pedigree. Well, I mean, because then the idea that he could change his life around, now he's just spent, I don't know, what, it was 50 years in politics, and he's like 89 or whatever. Yeah. And he's decided, and this is the other, this is the weird thing, is like the people that are so fucking detached from actual, like, working America. Yeah. Are running the country. Our president is like 70 fucking five. What is he? I think 72. 72. Yeah. 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 I think, I, he, yeah, I think he's the, yeah, certainly but the oldest. I question whether yeah, he could try. <laughs> no, but like uh, my, my grandma's in her 80s. Uh, like, you know, she's not that far removed from that age or that generation. I don't trust her judgment. She's a sweet lady and she's very bright, but she's into the years where she should not be making decisions, let alone decisions for fucking other people. Right. And there should be some <laughs> level of uh, like, there should be some level of expectation that you will live long enough to suffer these decisions. Yes. You're making calls at 89. You're like, that was a bad call. Don't care. I'm out next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, come on. Exactly. I got a fentanyl lollipop. I'm out now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's probably, there, there's, there could be some clever little rules that could come up. It's sad that we are so used to being comfortable. Like we're, we're picking comfort over freedom, essentially. Uh, yeah, every I mean, single I think, time. I, I, I think the whole thing, like especially with you know Trump, or I mean, granted Schwarzenegger, you know American Dream, whatever, mm-hmm. came over, immigrant, worked hard, had a bunch of different businesses, mm-hmm. got to you know influential level in politics, etc. So that's that's okay. But I but I but I think like somebody coming from, I mean, I want to, I, I do want someone who understands business but not like bullshit business um in 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 the sense of exploitative business or whatever i i i think because of the way the country operates it's it's be helpful to have someone who understands business and uh, fiscal responsibility um to be in charge of the country but i think they should have to give up all personal wealth when they go into politics yeah I, and in, I, I would also, yeah, and, th- and this would be, like, dude, party. Hey, part of, part of the buy-in. Not only do you get to, you know, you get voted in, but you fucking lose everything, right? And, and when you say good at business, though, like I would have to, dis- I would um, not include people who um, aren't successful in business according to proper game theory, which means you start from right. zero well, and you build an empire, not, oh, I started with a small sum of $100 million and I yeah. turned it into something else. Yeah. That's, just, fun, into there's no, that's just inflation. There's no risk of losing anything. That That isn't game theory. Like that, that doesn't support the idea of growing right. business or understanding that's, I have so much money I can't fuck up. You didn't invest yeah. all the hours painting the fucking army. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, to get you it just right, like, your army. Like you inherited the 
yeah. you got your army pre-painted. Yeah. <laughs> pre-painted, and uh, you can't even see the back of the room because you have so many army figures. Yeah. <laughs> like you could, this is this idea, and this, this is where I get, like, the whole entrepreneurship, um, like, the business... Uh, I'm going to say another terror, thought leaders, like the business thought leaders of this world who I fucking, that term just drives me crazy, but that's because we both suck at business really bad. We <laughs> it <can>. does, but <laughs> I don't think that it's, we suck at business. We suck at pretending that we're good at business, which seems to be more important than actually being good at business. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that, like, it seems like, hey, you know your bottom line, you know your product, you know your customer, you know this. That doesn't mean you're going to be successful. What means you're successful is whether you can draw enough hype to get enough fucking dumb people to buy your shit. That's a good business person these days. Can I trick idiotic fucking people into buying the cheapest product possible that costs me the least and makes me the most? That That's not good yeah. business So you're practice. taking us right back to Walmart as... I'm knowingly misrepresenting my product, but I don't care because I'm going to make money. And people yeah, are like, that's yeah, exactly. a great, great business. Yeah. That's a great oh, that's business like, plan. Yeah. It's like, it's the, it's the, and, yeah, and Mark I, Cuban's I, like, I'm all in on Shark Tank. <laughs> like how much did it cost you? 18 cents. How much do you sell for? Like a thousand dollars. This is fucking awesome. How, what the fuck? Like <laughs> just yeah. take down all the mirrors in your house and you'll be fine. Cause then you never have to look at yourself. Oh, you mean he can't see his facelift face? <laughs> Ooh. I, I, is, I, is that too sensitive? Was it, is that too just, much? It, it's too soon. Yeah. I, I, I don't think they, he's going to be an investor. They probably in don't even projects anyway. It, I don't, I don't have any hopes. It probably doesn't even bother him to look at his own face. It's probably whatever. It's funny it, though. Come, totally cool. Yeah. Coming Man. into business and learning it, you know, through the fire hose, mm. like I have been, like you guys do. And Mouth open fire hose? Yeah, exactly. About as close to your face as possible. <laughs> but it, it's interesting to me how many people have advice for me mm. that don't have the credentials or the results to back that I'm up. trying to get. It's like, yeah. if, you, you know, if, you're, if, you, if you're ahead of me on the road, help me out. Give me all the advice. And I'm humble as I can be to, to ask for it. And mm. like I said, I, I struggle to to play the facade of how much better I can pretend I'm doing. Yeah. And maybe I cost myself business that way. But you know, people, I'll get, I get advice all the time that that's from people that are irrelevant or I get advice from somebody who, like you said, like they're a trust funder. Mm. Like don't, you can't tell me about how you, how to do a startup when your version of a startup is you bought a company for $10 million <laughs> that already existed. Like, and you made, and you made another 500,000 yeah. or whatever. Like that's, that's not entrepreneurship. I have $4 to my name and I owe at least 20 people those $4. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, the guy who went through that, that's the guy I want to talk to. Yeah, for sure. You know, that, that I, gets it. And yes, yeah. I, I agree completely and and also the you know the i'll listen to the the person who did it with you know started from there and did it within some kind of integrity and and like yeah and and every now and then you know i would having a variety of email addresses depending on whatever business you know whatever is happening i i i receive communication we'll just say that by whatever means <laughs> my god how you know I really want to learn from you and how you made this, you know, particular thing successful or how this and that, and how did you get involved in this business? And I'm just like, dude, you do not want to talk to me. <laughs> I'm serious because if you were a product of the times that we live in right now, you won't do what I did. And I mean, you, you expect more like, okay, no, there's not a formula. 
and 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 the 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 and I if there's some success notoriety whatever it's despite everything I've done it <laughs> just in in the sense of like you wouldn't really want to start a business that was subsidized by other work that you know you started out I mean I guess it's a cool thing on you know giving shit away for free I mean I've heard Ross talk about it in terms of marketing sense or you gotta give away shit for free and so yeah the, in the beginning of Jim Jones was yeah it's free but I work these other two jobs and sometimes a third one in order to be able to make this fucking possible. Mm-hmm. So if you're asking me for business advice, I say get a third job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what you did. That's in, business advice in, I've ever heard. In order to <laughs> subsidize this like brilliant vision you have for making, you know, leather underpants and red capes so that people can pretend to be Spartans on Halloween. I think it's a great business idea. It's a little bit late. That that trend <laughs> sort of peaked in around 2009, but you know whatever. I mean, you could like it's I, retro I, now. Yeah, I I respect your freedom to try and bring it back. Yeah, we're almost a decade you know, around, so the decade it's retro. I think it's 30 yeah. years. 30 is. No, I think it's 30 three decades uh, actually. Oh, you know, because because just think about like high waisted yeah. pants and you know big ass bell bottoms. Yeah, it's true. Just recently coming back and. All right, so 2000, yeah. so 2000. Um, On the other hand, tie dyed tie dyed t shirts have always been around, so. Anyway, I mean, that's, just, that's just good fashion sense. It, yeah. <laughs> oh, it looks like because you can spill anything on it and it call it art. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's <laughs> even better but, if it has a jer bear on it. <laughs> timeless. But but timeless. <laughs> but I think the bit. But the, the the idea of the uh, of like giving up something in order to make something else work mm. is gone. From in the in in the modern vision and 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 this and, and the idea. I mean, I don't want to be like cranky old fucker. I mean, I already got the gray hair and everything to go with it, but I'm growing it out. So, um, <laughs> so I'd be cool again. So it's gonna be cool, you know. And <laughs> ponytails are coming back. No, dude, it's a mullet. I'm bringing back the mullet. I swear to God. And then I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be right up there. I'm gonna have like every model of Pit Viper sunglasses <laughs> at my disposal. In fact. I'll offer other people pairs of pit vipers to do crazy <laughs> shit for me. Hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but 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 the idea that you actually have to give up something to make the thing work is like, wait, I just can't like like manufacture it out of zeros and ones and 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 have it be successful in some way. It's like, no, you don't. Don't ask me for business advice now. A, I'm unemployed. B, I can't even fucking deliver the t-shirts I promised to deliver but um, <laughs> but but it's it, it, well, it's it, a really strange set of circumstances now where people you know who, who have nothing provide nothing are deemed successful while others who actually have pursued sort of the apprentice journeyman master hmm. pathway to actually be able to build and create things are the people struggling to survive. Yeah, but I think I, I look at it like, you know, I, I remember being a kid and they'd talk about like the inner cities and how there's an overemphasis on sports and it's why these kids are growing up and they have no no, you know, merit in the academic world and things yeah. like that. I think that the modern millennial, you know, 25 and below, whatever, th- that like white middle-class suburbs version of that is them believing they're going to be a social media star. 
Like that, there's no hard work required. I'm just going to be famous. I had a kid working for me who was quitting. Who I was like, well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm starting a business with my buddy. Like, yeah. That's that's a good start, partner. Good. Cool. All right, two yeah. two against the world. And he's like, yeah, we're going to basically just like start Instagram accounts and we'll get them up to like five thousand followers and then just sell them to businesses. And I'm like, oh, just like that, huh? <laughs> just just going to do that. You have two hundred followers on your Instagram though. Is there a, is that a strategy you're going for? Well, no, we'll just figure it out. But that, but he honestly, in his heart, believed that was his, that that wasn't going to be hard. And what I always try to tell these young kids, I'm like, just throwing this out there. I work seven days a week. I work 12 hours a day minimum. I get up at four o'clock every day, already self-conscious that I'm behind because I think there might be a dude that got up at 3:45 and that guy haunts me. I'm like, and I'm in the business Jocko, world. Jocko Willink was so, there, and he was doing jujitsu. Exactly. I, that guy. But you know what I mean? Like, how is it that I'm working so hard, but you just think you're going to just, nah, it's no big deal. Let's make a but, funny selfie, and it'll go viral, and I'll be a billionaire. Well, so, but, but, but Josh, if this makes you like, feel any better. But you're that's waking the up at four in the morning. I never sleep. <laughs> exactly. Sleep when There's you're dead, Mark. There's always someone yeah, working right. harder. I haven't even gone to bed Where yet. are they getting this idea that... But it's why I have such a hard time hiring people because they're like, oh, this is actual work. Oh, yeah. So, like, oh, yeah, wait, I don't stuff, want that. How for fuck's sake? Stuff got made? My, uh, my job for a, a, a two-year <laughs> period of time as a hairdresser was to manage a salon, which meant I, I was in charge of hiring. In that time, I interviewed maybe- You lost faith in humanity? 40 people. <laughs> I, I, I interviewed 40 people. Um, I never hired one person because not, they all expected- to just get money when they came in. And this is a, you have to build a business. Like it was a booth rent salon. Like you're just, but we control the environment. We knew the environment was very important. Like you like can't have shit You create the environment, you draw the customers there. Exactly. You're just looking for someone to fill that, to actually yeah. execute the job. Exactly. You need to be proficient. You need to be uh, a, a good work ethic. You need to be busy all the time because empty chairs doesn't look good for, for our business. So you can come build, but you need to apprentice until you can get your own and then you can have your own and then you can do this and then you can get your own apprentice and this is how it's done. And not one person, the, the questions I got most of the time were like, well, how much do I get paid to start? And I was like, start what? Like you get, you get paid when you get somebody in your chair. Like, what don't you understand about that? It's like, oh, yeah. well, you can't pay me hourly. Like I could fold towels. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, well, I can fold fucking yeah. towels. Actually, There's they a come laundromat <laughs> down the street. Yeah, they actually towels come back from have? the towel yeah. service folded. Yeah. So, no, I don't need that. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> you applied to the wrong job. The laundromat's down the street. <laughs> like, this is a hairdressing job that you applied for. And, and But it goes further than that. Like, uh, now, so now why, you know, I recently deactivated my Instagram account. And one of the reasons why is because I've worked for 10 years to know what I know and to be able to. I don't know, guide a few people that are wanting to know on this whole fitness thing, like specifics having to do with fitness and psychology and effort and whatever the fuck we call this thing, transformation. Well, it, there Wait, are people- Should I check and see if transformation.com is available as a URL? <laughs> the, what, Life coach. What I makes, mean, sure. Yeah, like, yeah, like what makes it really- Oh, but, but wait, look, it appears that hard fucking work- <laughs> 
Dot-com is available because no one wants that. Of course it is. (laughs) No one wants that No one's searching for that, though. Yeah. (laughs) So so I go to this gym over in Excel on the off days that your wife goes to sometimes that I see her there. I'm a member, too. Oh, nice. Cool. I'm a member. You're you're that guy. You're the guy who helps keep the lights on. Yeah, you're you're the guy. You're the exact guy My wife keeps telling me she's going to cancel it. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm literally going to start next week. I'll be there on Monday. So, uh, but there's people there that have Instagram accounts and they're under the age of 25, like you might describe. And Keegan's fucking like, it would be a face palm, but (laughs) (laughs) it would have been too loud and it would have hurt too bad. There's people, 1.6 million followers. They are a fitness expert. It's essentially a 23 year old girl who wears spandex that teaches way too high, (laughs) way too high. Like, uh, so her nickname is butt plug. (laughs) <laughs> because essentially, if she were to have one in, you could identify it and that, from every angle of her video. And when I look at it, I go, okay, like, I get it. Like, guys want to just look at her fucking ass, and that, that's a sales pitch. Um, but just sell the thing that you're selling, your fucking body. Just be a fucking whore. Be like honest. That, yeah, just be honest with what you are dealing the world, which is just an image of yourself. And that's fine. I have nothing against that. Like, I appreciate sex workers. I hope they're safe. I wish it was regulated so that it wasn't like a child sex industry. I wish we understood it better like Amsterdam so it wasn't a fucking crime scene. But for the most part, I have no problem with prostitution. What I have a problem with is prostitution being marketed as a fitness industry. And that's who I compete with for attention. You're and just, I go, you're I don't want to You're just with pissed that. that she has more followers. <laughs> I don't even know because I don't want those followers. I, I mean, you I don't want 1.5 million men staring at you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, like the Well, point, I don't know. What's it funny could, is if I could get it to 1.6, what's funny I is might how reconsider, <laughs> but can we go for five? Simply not. Can enough. we go for two? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just like, what's, if they were that curious with what I can do with a pla- like a rubber band, uh, I'd be interested in that job. <laughs> <laughs> what's I'm funny is how few of those what's funny is how few of those girls i mean let's be honest there's probably a million of those girls to every girl that will ever see even a hundred thousand followers but they're just giving up the the whole show for a few likes and then even if they got a hundred thousand followers how are they monetizing that like i bet there's no. the majority of these girls with a million followers because they're showing their ass they're not making any money from it uh, it's possible they're pumping up their it, yeah, tires and sure. maybe like a supplement company's throwing them a couple dollars but yeah. Or a clothing company it, yeah. that helps right. reshape their, their asses. They're probably we'll making see. enough, yeah. on, but, but they're making enough to not work. Yeah, for now, in most cases, most of the uh, time. this one, this particular case, makes quite a bit of money. Yeah, yeah, and in that which I don't care about that. Great, like uh, your body isn't an example of your mastery of physiology. <laughs> it's a, right. it's a, you know, a genetic freak occurrence. And you still have to put butt pads in in order to sell the pants <laughs> that you're selling. But that's beside the point. I'm okay with like the whole Wizard of Oz thing. Um, what I'm not okay with is giving bad information. So now on top of like this whole, you know, disillusioned market that people think that. But like, that's that's the that's like that's what fishing is all about. You got the shiny lure, <laughs> and the fish fucking chomps down on it. And thinking they're going to get a reward of some kind, it's going to be like at least tasty. I thought, but then they're pretty quickly running out of fucking oxygen. I literally thought you were trying to talk me into the activity of fishing, as in, do you know what's better than thinking about this? Staring at the water and throwing a line out and waiting yeah. to catch a fish. You know what's a weird thing about that is just like that that whole process of like trying to get the fly further and further out and drop yeah. it into the exact spot that you wanted. Apparently, it's a um, 
it's kind of like meditation. There's but, a wrist exercise, and it's there's a similar yeah. one that I could do in front of my computer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Equals yeah. the exact same thing. And it's also a stress reliever like meditation. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have to drive anywhere. And I don't have to believe in fucking anything to do it. <laughs> exactly. Or wear hip waders, because that, like, right there, man, That as far as, like, the costumes that go with an activity... Telling you that's just not sexy. The Elmer but those, Fudd hat, those pants with, with the pads in them. No, that's that's some crazy shit. Fuck. But, <laughs> the, but okay, monetize what you got mm. uh, if you can, and and then we'll see what happens when you grow out of it. Because right, you know, yeah, because eventually, um, you know, say you're 23 and you're selling the ass, mm. right? And you're working out, so you're gonna you're you're guaranteed to have that probably till like twenty six, <clears throat> twenty seven. But at a certain point, the ass wears off. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and well, you'll be fucking working 20... at Burger King. But or if yeah. you know Repo Man is to be believed, you know you can really move at Burger King in three months. You'll be a manager. So well, so we've well, run maybe, into this problem before. Like this is a similar problem, um, and this, this is kind of funny because the business across from our street trails the the strip club. They have a thing that says like best best in state strip club for like eighteen years in a row. And to my thought, I go, wow, the the girl who started there that had to quit because she got too old has a kid that can now start there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one generation after the other of like middle of the road incomes. Like, but yeah, the kid's gonna be smart enough to you know go elsewhere. You know, it's funny. I watched an interview Hopefully. a little while back with a guy who was doing a, a big journal, uh, investigative journal thing, journalism thing on, on the porn industry. And he was saying that prostitution's through the roof in LA right now because the trend for pornography is teens and MILFs. Hmm. So these girls get into that industry because they're like, this is a career. And by 23, they can't get work because <laughs> they just look like a 23 to 30 year old. <laughs> So then they can get work again when they hit about 35 if they hold their shit together. But so they're, they've already crossed every moral boundary they have by 23. Now they can't get work because they don't fit the teen title. Or the so, th- so they're yeah. like, oh, I'm already having sex for money. And so they'll, they'll start doing prostitution. Or yeah, they'll start prostitution. I, I, was, I, I thought that was amazing. I guess they used to name porns like forces. really cool. They used to name porns really cool names yeah. as well. And he said, now they just name it whatever three words are the number one search terms it's in pornography. Yeah. So now it's just like teen cheerleader MILF or whatever. Like that's the, <laughs> that's the extent of the creativity now. They're like, that's what they're going to search. Well, because there's so much of it. Wow. Like, and it's so accessible. Like that, that he just got his phone on yeah. right now. I'm just like looking over there. I'm wondering, what are you fucking looking yeah. at? So, and, dude, so was, I had a thought. Yeah. I looked over at bear <laughs> sleeping on the ground, looked adorable. And I was just thinking how I don't want whatever I do in life to be able to be paralleled by something animals can do. Meaning, (laughs) this girl at the gym that we're talking about that has 1.6 million followers, I was curious if I could find an Instagram account of just animals that had the exact same amount. And it took me three seconds. Aussies of Instagram. To find puppiestagram. Puppy, yeah, I think it's puppiestagram. 1.6 million followers and it's just puppies. And I don't want my life to be parallel to something that animals can do. <laughs> and those puppies are having to work so less hard. Yeah. Oh, they just They're not even they aware just, of it. They're, they're not doing squats. Well, what the fuck's the difference? It's exploitation. Because that girl's not doing fucking squats <laughs> either. <laughs> I, 
I told you to get but to the point yeah, where we eats say like once a day, nihilism. probably. Right? Fuck yeah. 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 Well, she might only eat once a day, too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so after after just 24, not... it'll come to half a day. Like, yeah. I eat half a meal a day. <laughs> yeah, because that is the key. I mean, every now and then I see like, you know, what's the secret to like being, you know, looking like this or being like this? I'm like, well, to be 21. <laughs> it's not yeah. a fucking fitness program or an eating program. It's just like be the right age. And then, and oh, wait, you can't go back? Okay, now that's a different thing. Being 21 pays dividends for yeah. sure. Yeah, and then <laughs> in social and then media parents, anyways, that's being about pretty it. fit yeah. as well. Yeah. It's like, it's funny, especially being in, in special operations for so many years, guys that were so vain and diehard and then you meet their dad and it's like he looks exactly like you like, yeah <laughs> you, you can claim all this like i created this and it's like your dad created that in his balls yeah my buddy uh johnny works and then out. just remind him of, like your dad's balls are in you <laughs> and then it all just goes away it's, it's gross it's just <laughs> yeah, my, my buddy works uh he's a trainer out in california and he's huge black guy uh, like super vascular but he always has been friends for like 30 years <laughs> And people come into the supplement shop where he, he part times and they'll be like, man, what do I got to take to get, to get so vascular? He's like, my dad's semen, bro, let me show you. He's like, I just sell him anything I want. Like whatever's on the shelf. Yeah. And he's like, but you look at his dad, his dad's 80, exact same physique. It's yeah. Like, yeah. But he's like, yeah, no, this is what you take eight of these a day Yeah, for the next yeah. month. I guarantee it's called the Russian bear, but it also works for Americans. <laughs> <laughs> I you remember just, that weight gator. Yeah. That was some I serious do. shit. I do too. The, the Russian bear. Yeah, I felt like I had yeah. a red star on it or something. <laughs> yeah. Like a fucking kick-ass grizzly, so like, was which was probably a Dolph Lundgren on the back. It was after yes. the Red Scare, but just before now our current obsession with thinking that somehow like communism is cool again <laughs> so it's like in between this weird window where we didn't totally fear it and then we were like well Dolph Lundgren is cool <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and and for, and he's Russian for sure right I mean he played a Russian in that one movie you could that compare yeah you could compare <laughs> social media to Rocky exactly because Rocky the theme was that the American is just so hard work. Man, he fucking punches stakes. And he just like, <laughs> he has work ethic. And he just runs next to a bicycle and his hard, like hard blue collar life. And then look, the Russian comes in, this genetic freak injecting shit. That is and, Instagram. And, like, and in reality, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren worked his fucking ass off. And Stallone was taking every fucking drug on the planet to look lean and shredded. And you're like, you're like thanks, Instagram. Yeah, I mean, Rocky. Complete <laughs> fallacy. I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I'm so cynical. That's why I was afraid to come on your show because I've probably already said plenty that I, I shouldn't have said. But uh, I, was, I, think I see those right movies in. and I think the same thing. I'm like, he didn't deserve to win. Apollo Apollo put in the time. He worked his yeah. life to get to that position. And we have to like a movie where the guy that didn't work, earn, didn't earn it, gets a free pass. It's it, the, and, the, and it's because of my dad and I'm very particular on, on those things as my kids grow into like those influential uh, ages. Side note, my daughter's two is almost two said fuck this morning, so I gotta start cleaning it up. <laughs> but uh Yeah. My I'm wife just, made it worse. Just roll with it. I my mean, wife just, like yeah. gasped. I'm like, you ruined it, you just sealed yeah, yeah, it. So yeah, then it yeah. just became just fuck, daddy, fuck daddy. But anyways, <laughs> there's all these kids' movies are the same way, like uh, Kung Fu Panda. Like the theme of the the story is a fat, lazy, non hard working idiot gets to become the super ninja hero of the world. Like why is that but, a principle that we're so so up to instill? But also not our species. 
<laughs> Which is weird to me. <laughs> to be fair, I watched Beverly Hills Ninja when I was younger, and I turned out just fine. <laughs> Chris Farley was an amazing. That is debatable. Ninja. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was that between cutting hair and painting action figures, <laughs> or it's, it's gotten way it? darker? But we will not go there. <laughs> Fat guy in a little coat we comes need, to mind when I think of Chris Farley. But uh, <laughs> you're just a big fat ninja. <laughs> Best line. Best line of the movie right there. That made, that made his career. Yeah, it totally did. Or it's why he killed himself. I don't know. <laughs> One or the other. Was it purposeful or was it heroin overdose? What's the difference? <laughs> it's true. Your you're solid point. You're, you're putting it in a vein. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there was a lot of everything. They're going to start lifting weights here in a minute um, before we get too loud. Oh, so. trying, to tr- trying to transform themselves. Yeah, some people are trying to not be so fat out there. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let's let's just let's let's give it like two minutes to try and bring it back to the yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're lifting weights. They have they're making a a personal choice, which they are free to make, <laughs> in order to transform their lives and the way they appear. So. Rock on freedom. Nice. That was, <laughs> that was, that was title of like a great Neil Young album too, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh, it's or true. something like that. It, yeah. It was I mean, we, we we should outro with rocking in the free world just because, because Neil Young. Why not? Yeah, because why not? I'm good with that. Every I appreciate episode. you getting here, Josh. I know. Yeah, it, thanks it took, for having me. It took a while to get you out because you are a very busy person. So I appreciate you taking the time and coming fucking around for a couple hours. Yeah, definitely. Thank Hopefully, you. this will help at least make you chuckle when you see somebody take an Instagram photo of themselves at your work. <laughs> I'm going to start tagging you guys in every yeah. stupid photo. Can't tag I see. me anymore. I'm out. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. I'm still in, I'm still in, but uh, maybe soon to be out also just cause um, I saw something on Instagram the other day, looked like an interesting commercial product. I s- fucking clicked the uh, link to the web page, And now that's all you see. Yeah, now you know since I since I do utilize a, fr- a a service offered to me for free, mm. which I'm free to you know pay for if I want, don't want to see the ads. But now the ads you know become up because I'm using it for free, which is like part of the business model. I don't yeah. know if people get that or not. Yeah. Like you're using something that's provided for. It's not like you turn the wa- well. No water d- costs money, uh, <laughs> so it's not you like breathe, air. You breathe. Wait, yeah, what did you breathe? Air. It's yeah, air. Yeah. yeah, it's the only free thing, right? For now, for except now. for dirt. Mean that you're in later. The coffin costs extra, but the dirt is free. But the dirt on top of it is free. But um, it, Sorry. so so now I like I made the mistake of like chasing a link on Instagram, and now the fucking advertising's coming up on my computer. And it's not like I didn't know it before. It's just that it was something that I didn't really want. And you know, and and I like to curate the advertising that comes up. So typically, I'll click links of like shit that I don't mind seeing. Right. Right. You know, so um, and that's a way to manage social media. If this as just, just free advice for all of you more free as in freedom. Um, just if if you don't, it, it, you're going to see ads on your Hotmail account. You're going to see ads mm-hmm. on, you know, your Gmail account, all the shit that you access for free. You're going to see advertising. They're going to track you. They're going to send it to you. So only click on shit that you want to see and your daily experience will be that much better. You know, there, there's another cool little hack you can do because of that. So if you want something, say you want to buy a pair of boots online, mm. go all the way, get them in your cart, and then ditch the cart. And usually within 
uh, three to five days, you'll have a coupon for that exact item. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Because that that's works, their retargeting. Yeah. So now that's all I do. I, I'm like, yeah, retarget me for 20% off of what I was willing to pay today, <laughs> two days from now. That's awesome. I'm gonna have to, yeah, I'm gonna have to play around with that. It works yeah. great. But what it if did, I want I, it yeah. now? <laughs> that is the problem. That is. But I have to pay for it. But I got Amazon Prime, <laughs> goddammit, so I could get it tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And it used to be $99, but pretty quick it's going to be 120 I canceled mine the other day, actually. I, you're just giving up I'm on out. life. Well, that's because they charge you like four times in a year. I am this close to buying a sprinter van and fucking checking <laughs> out. No, dude. I got one semi-used. Nice. <laughs> just a possibly, possibly previously stolen. A little bit of damage. There might be some free crack in there, though. It, but, but wait, I'm telling you, <laughs> ProMaster, 31000 off the off the lot. Oh, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, it doesn't look quite as cool as a sprinter, right. yeah. but I'm telling you. I'll go in on it with you. I know nice. so, I, me I, and Keegan I, bunk beds. <laughs> I know someone so who can build room for activities. <laughs> yeah, I can. I, I said. I, I, I was about to say. I know someone who can build it out for you. Oh you yeah, know, yeah, for the right, right. price. <laughs> yeah. And now you're yeah. probably pretty fucking good at it. I want mine to look exactly like the prison sprinter, though. Deal. <laughs> It'll truly be a rape van. Yeah. Once they get in, there will be no getting out. <laughs> nice. Keegan, are you still in? Oh, yeah. All right. And, <laughs> and that's just like the podcast studio. Once you're in, you can't get out. Uh, that's how it feels. And with that, I think we should wrap it up. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Josh, yeah, thank you very thanks. much. Yeah, and uh, I hope we can, honestly, I hope we can do this again and maybe address some of those topics we didn't record. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right.